Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we will be discussing Daisy Jones and the Six Songs and Star Wars uh, with some very special guests. But before we get into that, hi, I'm Emily. Pronouns are she, her. Uh, you can follow me on social media, on TikTok at StardustM, and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore StardustM. And my brainworm of the week is Cyril Karn getting another silly little hat because <laughs> they can't let him go for too long without one. <laughs> and I love that for him. He needs a hat. He always needs a hat. Um, and another seatbelt tie. Also very iconic. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'll start out with the person who has is a first time guest on the pod, Morgan. Do you want to introduce yourself? I yes, I was almost like, am I a first time guest? Yeah, I haven't been on this podcast before. <laughs> but I was questioning if I'm here first. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Morgan. Um, my pronouns are she, they, and I'm on social media anywhere and everywhere at Beaker Barnes. That's Beaker like the Muppet, Barnes like the assassin. <laughs> and you can read that's true that's that's how you spell that um, you, you can read my writing at beakerburns.substack.com um and that's my promo um and my my brainworm of the week is the brotherhood of evil mutants all going to see the barbie movie because i think <laughs> i just think I just think that the Brotherhood should all go see the Barbie movie. Um, and I think Magneto bought Wanda Barbies, even though she's an adult. He's just trying to learn how to parent. And he's not very good at it. <laughs> Gotta heal the inner child. <laughs> yeah, well, no, Wanda did give them to Pietro. He's the one that needed the healing. <laughs> um, Ari. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Good day. Um, my name is Ari. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at millenniumpod underscore. Um, my pronouns are she, her. And my brain worm of the week occurred to me today. And it's Ray Skywalker directed by a woman. So true. That's all I've been thinking about all day. I'm like, oh <laughs> You would love to see I it. I never thought we would achieve, but I knew we I, needed it. <laughs> we needed it. It's healing. To add on to that, side brainworm is her Jedi Order is definitely going to be so much better than <laughs> any that's ever come before. And I'm so ready for it. Uh, Claire. Hi, my name is Claire. Um, my pronouns are she, her. And you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees, and also on my podcast, Fulcrum Transmissions, where we talk about <laughs> a lot. Um, yes. My brainworm of the week, I will have to redact some of the information because it is a spoiler for Cataclysm, which came out like three <laughs> days ago, so I will not be spoiling the entirety of the novel. Um, but my brainworm is redacted becoming the padawan of redacted which if you've read the book you know who I'm talking about but it's really important to me because they're my two best friends um and so them being master and padawan now is 
has been all I've thought about all day. Well, I'm so excited to read it now. I mean, I was excited before, but oh my God. And then last but not least, Linz. Hello, I'm Linz or Lindsay. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok, no, not TikTok, Instagram at (laughs) Rebel Risen and Twitter at A Cosmic Love. I'm tired, you guys. (laughs) Can you tell? (laughs) I've been up for like over 24 hours. Anyway, um, (laughs) my brainworm of the week also occurred to me today while I was watching the Star Wars Live um, stage. And I was watching all the guests holding their microphones coming up and they all say Jedi Survivor on them. And I saw Diego Luna holding his. And I was like, Cal and Cassian could have met. Like they could have met. And so then I was just thinking about that for the longest time today. And it was like just in my brain. So I love timelines and I'm really excited for the book, for the new timeline book. So I love figuring out like where characters cross over with each other in the Star Wars timeline and where they're at at the same time and how old they are and if they're the same age or blah, 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 all those things. So that was my brainworm of the day, I suppose, because it's brand new. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With that, our news is less what happened this week and more what happened today because it was (laughs) the first day. Yeah, it was the first day of Star Wars Celebration, and man, oh man, did we get news. Uh, (laughs) The first thing that I think it seems for at least for all of us kind of tops is at the top of like the excitement is uh, Rey Skywalker getting another movie. (laughs) Just Rey Skywalker. Just Rey Skywalker. (laughs) Period. (laughs) But I, Daisy Ridley came back. <laughs> she's got a cute little pixie cut. She has a cute little pixie cut. As that we said, very she's, being, she's being directed by a woman. No, she I literally saw, I saw your, your display name, M, And I was like, Grace Skywalker's back. What does that mean? And then I like looked it up. I was like, oh my God. Screaming, crying, throwing up all day, literally. Like, <laughs> well, I was like, oh my gosh, she went and visited Lucasfilm and was all like, oh, it's nothing. It wasn't nothing. It we wasn't all knew nothing. it. <laughs> yes, Lita. <laughs> For real. She was there to be like, pay me an inordinate amount of money. <laughs> she was there to I make- want that ha- I want that Harrison Ford check. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was there to make them beg. And they did. They did. They begged. I just, yeah. God bless. Uh, bless. So we don't know much about that besides it's going to be about her like building the new uh, Jedi Order, but excited. More of the yellow lightsaber. That's all I wanted. (laughs) It's Good Friday. Oh my God. That's so true. And on Good Friday? In the chat, he is risen, but he is Ray Skywalker because we are recording this on Good Friday. Which if oh you're not, true. if you're not, she, she did, did come back from the dead. And she she did. did come back from the dead. She did. <laughs> she is risen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Um, we also got the Ahsoka trailer, and I know Claire in particular was very excited about this one as the probably one of the biggest Rebel stands that I know. <laughs> I was very excited. I literally woke up this morning because I was like, I'm not getting up early enough to like be awake when like panels start happening because time zones and it would have been really early. So I was like, whatever, like, I'm sure when I wake up, I'll just see it all. And I woke up and there were so many notifications and I was like, what's going on? Um, and I, the Soka trailer was the first thing I saw and I watched it and I was like, okay, I was excited about everything really, but Sabine Wren is like my girly like she's probably my second favorite Star Wars character um and so I was like screaming about the fact that she was in the trailer and looked really good and I've seen people complaining being like why does she have long hair now she always had short hair and I'm like look as a person who is gay and likes to dye my hair all the time I'm telling you that like just because she has short hair sometimes doesn't mean she can't have long hair at other times like I know the experience, okay? Her hair is always going to be a different color and a different length. And she looked really good. So who cares? Um, And also the fact that we saw like the back of Thrawn's head was really funny to me. It was so dramatic. And for what? Like They're hyping up the like Thrawn reveal so bad. And I'm like, just, just draw, like, just say it guys. Like it's not, everyone's going to lose their shit anyway. And then what was killing me was all the people taking pictures of the back of Lars Mikkelsen's head and lining it up to see if the ears were the same. I they think were. They, they were. Because he was like, like a few months ago or whatever, someone asked him in an interview, like if he was coming back for live action Thrawn. And he was like, no, I was never considered for that. And I was like, are you lying? He's gaslighting. No. All, all Star Wars people do is lie. Okay, so no, exactly. I'm like, I don't believe you actually. The girl who played Kosa Reeves was also like, I'm not coming back for season three. Yeah, yeah she was like, I'm not gonna be in season three. And I was like, really? Because I just saw you there. So interesting. I'm still holding out hope for Lee Pace Thrawn simply so we can simply one oh. so that Thrawn can be six five and That's also so, so, so true. we can complete the Lee Pace is a blue man in space, space. I, also, I also do think about that every day Savi saying that gave uh Gail Garcia as Eli Vanto Lee Pace and Gail as as Thrawn and Eli would be <laughs> truly magical inspired <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I think my brainworm of this week actually should have been Peepaw Thrawn because we did <laughs> find out extra information about his age in canon and he's like old. Peepaw. Why are you as like a 40 something year old man going on a date with Eli Banto who is like his 20 concerning behavior? Emily, is your podcast a safe space real quick? Yes, <laughs> always. Y'all, I still don't know who Thrawn is, and I still don't know who <laughs> I've just been doing a bit for like three years. <laughs> hey, okay, I'll and let me cut in there. I have not read any of the new Thrawn books. I am a 
a Legends Thrawn reader just because that's what I read when I was younger before all this new canon stuff came out. So I only know Legends Thrawn and Rebels Thrawn. So I am not very familiar with this new Thrawn and Eli Vanto either. Like I've absorbed the fandom's wisdom and knowledge yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I support this. I don't have any context. I've only seen snippets here and there, but I support it fully. So I'm there with you. I I don't know God. <laughs> here's my truth i'm like a big fan of the canon thrawn novels especially the ascendancy series however do i care that much about thrawn as a character not particularly like I, like everyone is like losing their minds over like oh his characterization or like who's gonna play him blah 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 and i'm like i literally do not care like like love like, those books kind of hate the fact that dave filoni like doesn't care about books at all but also like, in terms of like Toronto's character I'm like I don't care I really couldn't care less the fact <laughs> that the fact that two of you were like he can't read he's illiterate at the same time, same time. like believe me he is my enemy but <laughs> oh, I'm like, so I'm not gonna be, like defending Thrawn sorry this is this is my sister was literally I like uh, we were FaceTiming and she watched the trailer and as soon as they, she, they mentioned Thrawn, she just turns and goes, like, the most side eye. And then she goes, women! <laughs> <laughs> like, she truly only cared about. That's exactly it. I was like, oh my god, Hera, Sabine. And then I was like, okay, Thrawn. Oh my god, Sabine, right? I love you so much. We finally, we finally got confirmation. Cost. We finally got confirmation that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is playing Hera. After they were yeah. like, no, 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 no. She's playing a different character for two, years, oh, for two years. For two years. And I was like, literally. It's like, who else are you casting Mary Elizabeth Winstead to be? Quickly. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> Quickly. Oh, that one girl, though, isn't a chist, because I know that was kind of, uh, I know that was like a thing. People were like, oh, is she going to be like Arlani or something? And then she was just like, Sith lady. <laughs> Not to Which like rain on people's parades, but like, why would there be other chiss in this series? Like, so, sorry to be that person, but like, especially now that we know it's Thrawn, heir to the Empire, literally, like, why would another chiss be there? Sorry to kill the vibe. Yeah, even with my limited knowledge, I'm not so sure about that. Who are the chiss, man? <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know these people. people. You live it. I hear everyone talk about them, and I just have to. I'm just like, yeah, they live okay. out in uncharted space. Like, I don't know who these guys are. Rika. They're like another empire of people out there, and they're blue, okay. just like Thrawn. And like, I guess they banished him at some point, and he like ended up in. Did, uh, like, they came to Mount and they were like, he did some things that they didn't like, and then he ended up running into <laughs> Anakin, and like it was on Galaxy's Edge or something, and then it he was. like went to the Emperor, <laughs> like all this stuff, and then yeah, so he had like a moment where he was like a castaway. He had like what? barely any clothes on. <laughs> yeah, it was. Is this where Gerard Way from? Yeah, a really good. Yeah. I think yes. 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 Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's when that's like his banishment. That is Gerard Way. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. Like yeah. And he meets Eli Vanto, and they're like we're boyfriends. And then he's like, okay. "Dear Eli, take my diary and go back to my home world and tell them I sent you." And I'm like, "That's not heterosexual behavior. <laughs> it's really not, Thrawn." No. 
It isn't. Uh, now, I hate but, to do this, but oh. what I'm hearing is that Thrawn is very uh, Mr. Spock coded. Yes. <laughs> yeah? yeah? I guess. I hate but, to do that to Spock. But, I but hate to do that to Spock. Like, violent way. <laughs> good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm following. Anyway. Yeah, and in the, uh, I think in the legends he had, they were called like the Salmir or something, and they were these Ooh. lizard things that he kept on him, and they would like negate the force. So he had a couple encounters with Luke Skywalker, and then when like Luke would like come into his like vicinity, if I'm remembering correctly, it's just been over a decade, like it would negate the force and he couldn't like use it because this like these lizard things were like his pets and they would just like cancel it out it was very strange so yeah that's just that's my one thrawn tidbit that has stuck in my brain after all this time (laughs) love love thrawn facts yeah yeah and like feloni feloni put them in the background in rebels like uh he was always into art and stuff and had all these Mm -hmm. artifacts and things if you remember in rebels and at his desk in one of the episodes there's like this sort of this uh, carven mural thing behind him. And there's these lizard mm-hmm. things that are like coming behind him. And those are supposed to be the Salmir. And it's like a nod at, I guess, Legend nice. Thrawn. But nice. so who knows if this is the same guy who can't read, maybe he <laughs> had them in again. <laughs> I don't know. One of the animators can read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll figure it out. Uh, speaking of, of gay people, Andor had a trailer that we definitely were supposed to see, but we all saw anyway. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I was literally like speedily going through Twitter trying to watch like the Andor one and like the Acolyte one that because I knew they were gonna get taken. There's an out. Acolyte one. Yeah, I've not seen oh, the Acolyte. I have it. Oh no! I'll send you guys like, the recordings in the chat. Okay. I have, okay. I have the Acolyte and I have Skeleton Crew. They're really, oh really potato. Yeah, they're really, really potato quality because I had to screen record them. But I have those too, so I'll send those as well. And I don't think those are the full trailers, though. Like just like with the original Andor one that leaked, it was only like forty something seconds and cut off. I think those are the same, but it's still stuff to see. So yeah. and I think you yeah. guys will like yeah. it. So I'll send I- those in the chat later. Yeah, but Andor, we don't actually know like the plot, but like Cyril Karn. He has a little hat. I think that Suhaila said this in my comments. What reason does the Empire have to use paper? What would be he be looking at paper for? Hmm. Interesting. Um, also Valcinta sex scene real question mark? <laughs> oh my <laughs> Tony Gilroy can his lesbian sex. <laughs> really He's so real, real for that. That's so real, but uh, R.I.P. Blonde Val. I know. Better for uh, me though, because I am a brunette and she is me. So you know we have so true same page. No, for real, you and your girlfriend totally. I was just gonna say that. (laughs) This is good for you guys. (laughs) Uh, and that was and then just like vibes, like pictures. Fix Cassie and kiss, maybe. Yeah, I think Thank they're living work. together. Question mark. Brazo is back, too. Thank goodness. Truly. My king. Uh, 
and then and Dedra's being girl boss. My problematic queen. <laughs> My problematic icon. <laughs> uh, and then other stuff like I, I once again I haven't seen the skeleton crew or uh acolyte stuff. I heard it. I heard the acolyte. Okay. Stuff was good. So yeah, the acolyte stuff was really it had a really serious tone. And I think that's what we were all getting from the panels that we heard about and like the snippets of people talking about it that were there. Mm -hmm. It seems really, I don't want to compare it to Andor, but it is more, it seems more serious. Right. Um, it has a darker tone to it. And actually Skeleton Crew, surprisingly, the trailer for that, it had some like pretty serious vibes to it as well. I thought it was just going to be like a kid show and there's kids in it, obviously. But there was like some other stuff in the trailer that was like focusing on adults more and like just the, the tone and the darkness of it. So I don't know. I think we're gonna, you might be surprised, but they looked really good. So from what I could see, so I did get see hyped. someone say, and I don't know if this was like a quote from one of the showrunners or if they were just saying it, that it was about like a war between like familial relationships and like mentor pupil relationships. And I was like, I will be seated personally or acolyte or skeleton crew acolyte Ooh. there was martial arts shown in it like some like this Ooh. jedi like just like weaving around while like someone's attacking them and it was like really cool so yeah skeleton crew. also bryce and the daniels are both directing yes. episodes of skeleton crew i'm so excited about skeleton crew skeleton that crew so I, like I don't, was Skeleton Crew either announced at Comic-Con or at Celebration last year? I think it was, it was Celebration last year. year. Was, was it was Celebration, Celebration last year? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Whenever it was announced. Like, whenever it was announced, because the initial, like, the showrunner is John Watts, who mm-hmm. is the guy that did the MCU Spider-Man trilogy, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't good Spider-Man movies, but are very good movies about spider-man if you know what i mean yeah and they're but they're very good at like about the kids stuff so that i was already very excited about sexy jude law is in this movie um, and what more could you ask for this like, show you can't ask I, for anything more yeah i still i don't i didn't see anything in the trailer of people i don't know if he has a name or anything and i don't know so currently maybe i'm gonna sound stupid i'm still really hoping he's Lor Centeca. No, oh, yeah. I actually keep thinking about that though. That'd be so I, cool. I don't know enough I about really the plot to be like, this is true, but yeah. All, I think all we know about the plot is that it's like Alice in Wonderland meets Star Wars. It's like these kids are from our world, essentially, and they get transported into Star Wars. Interesting. It, it did have like, it did definitely give me a, a, an interesting, strange vibe um, when I watched the trailer. And like I said, it's potato quality, but when I watched it, I was like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting to see. And there's like a bunch of aliens in it. And I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, there were some scenes that looked like it was in like New Republic offices, like how we saw in like the Mandalorian. So like similar, isn't it supposed to take place around the same time? Yeah. 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 So yeah, so I guess, yeah, it had some, it had like a weird, had a vibe to it. You guys will see, it had a vibe okay. to it. <laughs> I'm here I'm for excited. it. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Uh, also, uh, Dave Filoni is getting a movie. 
moving on. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> culmination Honestly, of the mando verse too and yeah. i'm like clap if you care <laughs> yeah i'm like excited only so that i can roast it like i know that's very fanboy behavior of me but <laughs> i'm just like very oh, curious like fanboys feel when they're like kathleen kennedy is ruining star wars that's how i feel about dave filoni <laughs> and john like let's slander yeah. john at the same time please <laughs> Um, yeah he's not getting off easy this time <laughs> and then there was also a movie about like the formation of the jedi order oh yeah if yes. i'm remembering it's like, 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 I was like really it's about the back. first jedi it's <laughs> who will we be casting to play the first jedi <laughs> i don't know i don't care Charlie but it's Cox. directed by james mangled <laughs> yes yes charlie cox charlie directed cox. by james mangled I, yeah, yes <laughs> i'm telling you I no, that no, sounds no, no. really interesting, honestly. And especially since guy, now we're getting High Republic stuff in live action, so to like we'll be able to like really see the transformation. I'm so <laughs> abnormal. I feel so abnormal about change. He was like, he's like, it's inspired by like Ben Hur and the Ten Commandments. I was like, I fucking know. Know. I is a reference. described as like biblical, and I was like, okay. Happy fucking Holy Week, indeed. It's turning yeah, out for I, Good this, Friday. This movie is... This movie, I'm very excited about this movie. James Mangold has literally never steered me wrong. Um, He's he's the director of, like, Logan and also the new Indiana Jones oh. movie, which had a trailer today. Um. And... And, um... 310 to Yuma and he's a he's Ford a versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari, yeah. No, 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 no. And so he like he plays in genre with a really interesting way. Um and incorporates a lot of really interesting themes about like his his movies are all are like a lot about like ends of legacies. And so it's gonna be really interesting to see what he does with like the creation of a legacy because that's not a thematic that he really touches in his oeuvre. So I'm, and also we like, we know he works really well within the studio system and then it, within creating a film that is unique and has his own identity. Like we saw that with Logan. I guarantee you we'll see that with Indiana Jones 5, which is literally going to premiere in like, Can is in like two months, I think. Like it premieres super soon. So we'll see that he's like probably going to do it again. I'm very excited about this movie. I'm gonna. I had to be a film bro for a second. <laughs> oh no, that's awesome! I that's had. Awesome. I didn't know all that. That's and awesome. he's also doing the Bob Dylan biopic. Yes, Well, we so, know that all. I will be seated for that because I love a good biopic. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. You love a good. We will be seated. Too. Love a good musical biopic. I will be seated. <laughs> um. Any other thoughts on the first day of celebration? I know that there's uh, a lot of stuff coming with like probably I heard a lot of higher public stuff is coming and also we still uh, like the books and comic panels which I know that we all are pretty into uh, uh but any other news will be work. disastrous for me I'm gonna have to like <laughs> I, I hope we get titles for phase three I hope we get titles I'm so, for I'm so I scared see them to, like say Elzar's name I don't I mean, even remember. Like, it doesn't need do to be. We, I just would like him to be brought up. Do we I know need, what phase three is about? Like, what I timeline? Ass- 
I assume phase three is after phase one because yeah. phase one yeah. is yeah. Okay. Yeah. our original we're going, trilogy. We're going and then back. we do prequel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Most, what I thought most too, people but... have been assuming that it's going to like put, are assuming, I guess like the like theories are like, it'll be like Wreath, Vern, and Belle, but like in the adult novels now. That's what, yeah, right. that's what I think. That makes sense. What's and then like, because we had that weird to see them in adult novels. Wreath grown up. I'll, no, I'll cry about it. Grown up? I can't I'll do. Cry I can't it. do grown up Vern. I like d- d- Zine. I was gonna say I can't do grown up Lula. Lula. I can't do it. Oh, last we saw them was missing, presumed dead. I have been <laughs> waiting for them to return. Vern still doesn't know that her master's dead. Vern still doesn't know that Stone's dead. If we don't get a scene acknowledging the fact that her master literally died, like, I'm gonna lose it. Because it was... Mm, sorry, I'm not gonna get into my follow-up <laughs> thoughts, because I could be right, but... We did do that on this podcast. We did do that on this podcast. That's what happens when you get me and Sage together. We'll talk about oh. I'm excited, though. Uh, yeah. And um, I know we got like one comic. I don't read the comics, so I don't really know. Anyway, and or comic adaptation win. <laughs> that would be dope. Please, please, Still and no, we no. need this forever. But like, yes. Ahsoka is coming out, so I think now is the time. Where is the Sabine Wren comic series? I like. I've literally been saying it would be the greatest thing ever, but it's like in her art style. Yes, Ooh. and with her colors mostly contact me that would be hard to find a team to do that but i'm on board it could be cool i think that'd be amazing so we need that we need an andor comic adaption we need the andor uh art book um i need my gorn i'll have when they announce the gorn romance book then everyone will see (laughs) exactly we need like we need more we need more information we need to fluff out these characters and we need to know everything about them we need to know what their favorite food is and <laughs> yeah what their favorite color is like I need to know everything did, um did y'all ever have like those visual dictionaries as a kid I think there was one from yes. like, Lego Star Wars but there was like uh, I have the one, one. <laughs> okay we need just one of those for Andor we well, need like one of those. they basically had that for Rogue One I mean, yeah. they had the encyclopedia just for Rogue One. So, um, so it's there's there's precedent for it. So where is it, guys? Come on. Give it um, the one, one other thing that's coming this weekend is I'm assuming we're going to get a lot of Jedi Survivor. I'm a Jedi Survivor, oh. Jedi Fallen Order fan. So I think we're going to get a lot about that. But we're also going to get, for sure, a new trailer on Sunday. So Ooh, get hyped. Nice. Get hyped, guys. That was supposed to... <laughs> Because they pushed that release back like a month, right? Wasn't it supposed yeah. to be released this week? Mid-March, I think, actually. It was like going to be in oh, March. Oh, wow. Then they, changed it. then they changed it to April 28th. So. so with all the release dates that have been pushed back, let's make bets now on when Ahsoka's actually going to come out because they said August 2023 in the trailer. I'm thinking more like if we go based on Andor and how it got pushed back, like end of September. That's, That's my guess. End yeah. of September, I feel like, is reasonable. Maybe that... I remember when they first announced the Acolyte, it was, like, end of 2023, and I was, like, so 2024, and now they're, yeah, like, like, 24, and I'm, like, yeah. That's yeah. 
it's like it's like we get a year and then once it's always a year later and then we get a month (laughs) and it's always a month later yeah for them to start like gaslighting us about the bad batch season three like they did with season two where there were like 30 different release dates and then it didn't end up coming out for like several months yeah you could tell me that the bad batch is like that the Bad Batch is like still releasing episodes and I would be like I don't think that's true you could tell me that like the second season hadn't happened and I would also be like yeah that sounds correct it's like I don't <laughs> the amount of stuff I, I don't think that show is real but in terms yeah. of like when do we actually think Ahsoka is happening not to be like an industry plant but I think if <laughs> the writers if the Writers Guild of America announces that they're gonna start a strike in the next couple weeks which is very likely we might not see like an October release because (laughs) oh yeah listeners the WG the Writers Guild of America which is the union that protects all screenwriters in the United States um is going to negotiations essentially because they're not being paid accurate or they're trying to renegotiate their pay for streaming shows based on like the way that their paychecks work based on royalties, based on so many other things. It's very complicated and you can look it up yourself, but essentially there's gonna, they're, they might strike in the coming weeks. I mean, good so. for them. Yeah, good if, for them. You know, I was gonna say good. No. I hope, I, sad for us if it, things get delayed, but that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because these people no, deserve no, no, no. to get their, yeah, get their bags. So yeah, really hopefully, yeah, hopefully it works out in their favor, whatever happens. I think it probably will, considering we actually have like a month-ish date for Ahsoka, because they were a long time being like summer, <laughs> vague season <laughs> when it's because warm they were about that. <laughs> <laughs> on the somewhere. third moon. In, on It'll the be warm somewhere. Dancing sky. <laughs> illuminated properly with that we'll get into uh the main subject of this episode so we're doing these a little bit differently uh this episode we usually stick very closely to star wars but as i said in the beginning we're going to be talking about daisy jones and the six and songs and star wars but uh, because we are all such massive fans of this show, I wanted to build in some time for us to just talk about it and all that. So uh, we'll, we're going to do that first. So I just want to throw out like overall thoughts on like the show. I'll go first. <laughs> um, I was happy with it overall happy with it I watched it I had a good time there was some stuff I was like I don't know if I'm a super big fan of this certain thing that they did for this certain character but all in all at the end of the day I had a good time so I thought it was pretty good I read the book right before I watched the show so it was like fresh in my mind so I was able to kind of I could see the like differences pretty well I guess so yeah that's my thoughts those are my overall thoughts no I completely agree I like I appreciated that they made some like some pretty significant changes just because when I was watching it even though I'd read the book I still was like oh my god I get to like be surprised by stuff that's happening 
but yeah, I also agreed that there were some that I was like, hmm, I don't know about this, but I did, I really did enjoy it. Um, and I like, I've been like recommending it to people being like, you don't have to have read the book, like you'll still like it. So I think it's good in that way that like, if you're someone who doesn't really want to read the book, you're still fine to like watch the series and you'll enjoy it and, and get what's going on. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I will say is that Warren remains my king all across the board. Oh my gosh, I love that guy so much. Did you um, did you guys see the mullet? Yes, I was like, ah! They um, post, I'll send it to you, uh, Warren Lids. They recently posted a TikTok where it was like, they posted some of the like alternate? wigs that they tried yeah. out, like alternate uh, looks. And Warner was a mullet. And it actually is kind of slay. <laughs> it is. I don't even like mullets. It's weird because I'm like, mm, I don't like. I don't. I wouldn't want to like date him. Like that's not why I love him. I just think he's so funny and it's like my unproblematic king who's just there for good vibes. Which is, I feel like, how I would be if I was in a really dramatic rock band. I'd just be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm vibing. Um, but. It's weird. Be- well, for me, it's weird because there's a few things that they changed that I really liked how the book did it, but then I didn't hate what happened in the show, but they're like conflicting. We might get into that a little bit later, so I won't like go into it too much now, but I was like, hmm, I like what's happening in the show, but I really liked the different thing that happened in the book, so now I'm confused. <laughs> but yeah, net worth, enjoyable. As you guys said too, like every week I was like excited to watch and I was like oh my gosh what's gonna happen next even though I quite literally read the book and knew what was supposed to happen but yeah yeah I I'm gonna sound like a broken record but I also <laughs> I also really enjoyed it I think I think my only problem with the show is I think a problem that comes from adaptation that couldn't have really been avoided which I think is which is like also like then it, is it a real problem? Who's to say? I think that one of the charms of the book is that there is no objective perspective. Mm. We are kind of left to figure out what happened based on all of the different accounts of mm-hmm. the members of the band and the other kind of people around them. And you kind of find the truth somewhere in that. And you can't really do that in film without being super experimental. And a Reese Witherspoon produced prestige miniseries for Amazon is not gonna like do something super experimental of being like what am I seeing can I question my reality what's actually true you know like that's not how you're gonna play it so you need to have an objective perspective and so I think you lose some of the nuance and some of those character quirks that come from everybody telling a subjective story when you need to have an objective one but also that's how film works and that's how this brand of television works so it's not like a fault of the show it's a fault of the medium more than anything yeah I I agree I had been excited about this show for a really long time because I read the book in 2020 um and then you know so I was I was there through like the whole like when they were casting everyone and I remember when they first cast Sam I was like I don't really know if he's like Billy and then as soon as the first trailer came out I was like oh no that man is Billy (laughs) down to his very core um and like I remember 
he understands. I remember my like sister FaceTiming me being like, I just found out the girl playing Daisy Jones is Elvis's granddaughter. <laughs> and we had to like, <laughs> so we had to have like a whole breakdown of that. But like, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed it. There was um, some stuff that I wish they had kept from the book, but I was surprised by how much I appreciated some of the changes that they made, that I enjoyed what it did um, for the characters. Um, and I think that this was probably one of the most well-casted book-to-movie adaptations that I have ever seen. Like, it truly did feel like each of these people was, like, really the correct choice for the character mm-hmm. uh most obviously I think Camilla Billy and Daisy who are so important to the story so you, like and they were just casted really well and Camilla really was great and it's like one of her f- like first big acting roles and she really killed it so um with that uh I want to ask y'all what who your favorite character is and then what do you think your favorite uh your favorite character's favorite star wars movie would be (laughs) so my favorite character is lauren (laughs) and um i think he would be uh, a solo guy or attack of the clones because they're both so goofy and he's so goofy um yeah so i i really I think more so solo because I think he would just really like the heist vibes um, going on. I just I just can just like picture him like being like, oh my goodness, at the TV, probably high out of his mind. But I feel like that would be a good way to potentially experience solo if I was Warren Rhodes. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think I think that's it. Solo. Final answer. Warren solo. I feel like Warren would also like Solo because the plot of Solo is similar to Rollerball. (laughs) Good point. Very good point. I didn't even think of that. Which like Rollerball is 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 about a dystopian future, and they're they're like we have to like rise up. No, that's so true. Via recreational sports. (laughs) What is the Kessel Run? What is the Kessel Run if not just Rollerball? Uh, yes even more I rest my case now thank you (laughs) I'm your co-counsel I'm here to thank you (laughs) I I okay Camilla wasn't my is not my favorite character but I do think easy answer is Camilla is a fan of Attack of the Clones Mm -hmm. because Attack of the Clones is a rom-com and (laughs) and and then leading into um Leading into Revenge of the Sith, she would be like, Padme Amidala is just like me for real. <laughs> and I think that's, like, that's really unfortunate for her. Like, she should, girly, like, those are not the traits of Padme you should be relating to. <laughs> um, seek help. Um, but I also just loved Simone. And I don't know if Simone would like Star. I don't think Simone would like Star Wars. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on what Simone would like. I I cannot think of a Star Wars movie that she would I, enjoy. I think maybe The Force Awakens. I yeah, that was my own. That maybe. was my thought. Yeah, she, she, she might, might just like be a it. sequels fan. Yeah. 
I think she, I will say that was like my favorite change that they made was us getting to see more of her. And of course her, them making her gay and giving her a girlfriend and giving them a happy ending. Like that was truly so great. And it looked like we were in the dark for a second there. I was very worried that she was going to be like, my career is more important. That's, to, yeah, to like me. the amount of relief I experienced when she was like, I would never choose my career over you. I was like, thank God. Thank God. They're like, yeah. good for you guys. Yeah, that was Lesbianism a really good wins. change. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I really like Daisy. So I'll, um, so Daisy, I think that she'd really like the Empire Strikes Back because of the Han Leia and also because of Leia. Like Leia feels very Daisy to me. And so I think that she would she would like like the Han Leia dynamic. And also like Empire Strikes Back is just super fun. So I don't know. I think I think she would dig it. I think she'd like that one. Yeah. I could see Daisy like the premiere of Empire. Yeah. yeah for sure for sure <laughs> like and and she's like repping princess leia mm-hmm. like she's there for totally. her girl i think you and savi have like infested my brain but i also think that both billy and daisy would really like rogue one yeah no i i agree i agree i was just so stuck on the original trilogy but yeah but no, I think they yeah. would. But I also totally think, yeah, like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, my favorite character is Karen, and I think that she would like a new hope. Also, because mm-hmm. I think that she would really like Leia, and also just because, like, I think that, like, if we're talking like she's watching it now, I think that she would appreciate it as like a classic and be like, "This is like the the original vibe. Like, this is what we were mm-hmm. going for." Um, and I think that she would love Leia, um, and also Luke. I think she really liked Luke. I feel that. Uh, my favorite character is Eddie. <laughs> what? I had, no I had no idea. <laughs> the floor is yours. Uh, I, I said this on here. I also, and I think it's fitting with what, uh, Ari said I think that his favorite movie would be Solo obviously now that Arya said this there's the element of him and Warner would have gone and seen it like 20 times together in theaters but I think if there's one thing that man loves it's like an underrated Mm. like something and like truly I think that that man would be in like the trenches (laughs) defending you don't understand it person who thinks that he is like cooler or more interesting because he likes things that other people don't yes. like yes totally. he's not like totally. other girls <laughs> I also think that he probably takes those hot care scenes pretty hard yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> those are probably rough for him I'm a lot like on solo when you think about it <laughs> But he's like not. He's like he's like I'm like a lot like Han Solo in Solo, and like Billy's like Han Solo in the original trilogy. No, you're you're really you're right, right about though. that. <laughs> Which is that for me, in my personal opinion, is a compliment to Eddie and an insult to Billy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, I like how none of us said Graham. It was silent. <laughs> 
Hey, Sorry, I love you. Sorry, Graham. I love I, you. I, he just, he was so, I don't know. I'm going to get, I'm going to get slandered for this. He was just like kind of boring. Like, I don't know. His like interviews were not good, but maybe that was the His, point. Maybe that was the point. I think that Graham would be a prequel stan just in general. Yeah. 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 I think he's a, a Revenge of the Sith guy. Yeah. 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 But, okay. He's- yeah. Also, not just Lander Graham because I do love him, but he's a Revenge of the Sith guy in like the way that like fanboys are Revenge of the Sith guys. Yeah. Not yeah. The way that, like women like <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> he's a fan of Revenge of the Sith, but he like can't articulate it why. Like he's just like, yeah. it's the best one out of the prequels. And then, and then just Karen, silence. He just yeah. stares at you. And then, and then like Karen has to tell him, she's like, you like it because it's an action movie. Like none like, of the like, like, yeah. got fridged and he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> he does not know what that means. Yeah. He's like, I think that Anakin, <laughs> he probably, he, you know that, that Obi-Wan and Anakin duel is his top lightsaber battle. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's peak cinema to him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately (laughs) if billy and graham were like not from the 70s and they were like born in they were like our age they would have had like growing up doing they would have grown up doing the obi-wan anakin i have brought freedom peace whatever the fuck the quote is they would have like done that in their living room yes yes a hundred percent a hundred percent i see the vision and Graham's like, can I be Obi-Wan this time? He's like, no. Yeah, Billy absolutely <laughs> never lets him be Obi-Wan. Never. He's like, well, Billy. I'm older, so I have to be Obi-Wan. To be Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your favorite moment or moments, if you can't choose just one, from the show? It's, it's those concert scenes. Like, the way that those concert scenes... I'm, I'm again going to be a, a film student for a second, but, like, the Please way that it. those are shot are so well done and, like, so beautiful because, like, you have this very traditional, like, film document, like, music documentary setup. Like, it's not... We're not doing a lot of stuff interesting with our mise-en-scene with the way the thing is set up except for those concert scenes where it shifts to being shot like a concert movie and Mm -hmm. that is such a cool little detail where that's suddenly no longer shot like it's just a drama series it's like the camera like is moves around you get focused on the instruments you get focused on all of their faces you've got fun stuff that's happening with like the colors that's like the color we only really get color in the show via costumes like everything else is kind of really like bland color palette except for those concert scenes and i love me a colorful cinematography so the the ways that those look are really really fun for me yeah and i'm gonna add on to that i love the way that like everything came to head in those episodes and the concert scenes to me when they're on stage act like a conduit of what they're feeling what they were feeling off stage so the way that they interweave yes. the scenes of what was yeah. happening in the the scenes of like the concert actually taking place we see this shift as their their minds are shifting and their motions are shifting through each song and by the end of it it's just this like like this climax of of 
uh, emotion. And we've come to this point where the characters in the concert scene come to the conclusion that they need to come to, you know, for the, for the narrative to move on, you know, Daisy letting or telling Billy to go because that's what he needed. But that happens on stage. Everything else, their, their relationship and the clashing and the heightened emotions and the moments between them that we see like uh, dialogue for is happening off the stage. And so then on the stage, we actually finally get at the very end that it all clicks together. And so that I really like those scenes too. And for that reason, I think the, like you were saying, colors, I think the colors really played a lot uh, into that, especially also with the fact that like Daisy's glitter comes off on Billy and he leaves the stage with it. So it's like, even though he left her and she let him go, he still took her with him, even though he mm-hmm. went back to Camilla. So it's like this really cool sort of like, I don't know. I went off on that too. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I really like those scenes as well. They're just really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few answers. I liked the Eddie Camilla balcony scene. <laughs> um, very predictable. Although another scene that I loved though, which is a little off-brand for me, is when they're recording more fun to miss, which is like probably my favorite song. And Billy and um Daisy are outside and then it's like the interview clip where they're like so how'd you get her to sing like that like the way she sounds on the album and then it cuts to them like literally making out and then it cuts back to her in the studio (laughs) I was losing my mind cinema cinema (laughs) cinema yeah um I really well I liked a lot (laughs) but I really liked two that came to mind is the scene at the beginning of I think it must be episode nine when Daisy's like oh what happened to me I almost overdosed and it's a lot more dramatic mm-hmm. than I'm making it sound like that whole scene the way like Sam acts it is so good where he can tell like Billy's just like I didn't want to be there when you woke up and then she's mad and then Nikki's a little bitch and then the band <laughs> is there and then I love the moment after like they finally get stupid ass Nick to leave and then Daisy just like breaks down and like Karen's the one to comfort her I was just like yeah the sisterhood is so like um but that like whole scene was just like so painful but so good like I think they all acted the hell out of that scene and it made it so 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 like I just felt so bad for Daisy in that moment the other scene I really liked which is not in the book is when Teddy doesn't die. Thank goodness, because I would have. I would have not liked that. <laughs> but when Billy like tells him he loves him, I was like, "Wow, what a what a character development moment!" Like, <sighs> damn, I didn't so know this good. man was capable of showing emotion. Um, I love that too, and I, I think it's really important again to see like strong like male relationships that are like not toxic. Um, so yeah, those like little, any any scenes like those too that were just like, wow, these relationships are so deep and intense and like passionate. I was like, wow, 10 I out of 10. I forgot about the scene I love when Billy like calls Teddy from the booth and is like, bestie, I'm not doing well. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, Teddy's like, what's up, man? I was like, maybe you should like call Ron up. <laughs> I was like, oh, Teddy, I got to call him. I was like, I love you. I'd be like, hey, I'm flying out there now. <laughs> yeah. On a plane. He's like, yeah. Graham, can you check on Billy? Uh, I, I don't know about your site. And Graham's like having his own crisis at the same time. <laughs> uh, Graham made me so mad when he said what did he say to karen that made me he so said, angry he was like oh, oh we'll like, get a new keyboardist alone forever or something yeah like, oh, you'll always get a new you'll, you'll be alone forever oh, I'm I'm twisted he was like sir you are not hot enough to be saying things like that <laughs> jk Sick. no man should ever say that no matter how hot he is <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> i was i was so excited about Graham because I really enjoyed him in the book and even though it's been like many years since I like read the book I did I started rereading it while the show was airing but I was very excited about him and then I was like oh Graham is a nothing character in this show better in the book like he made me laugh in the book but that was I think I think there was something interesting about like his thing with Karen being like I really want to have a family but like in the show, it was more like, I, like, you're wrong for not wanting to have a family. Yeah, which, it yeah. wasn't fleshed out as good in the show, I think. And maybe it was because we couldn't see inside his head as much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just felt, I also feel like maybe he got Karen too soon in the show. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I really liked how long it took in the book because then it, it was didn't... like, because like okay. it was, they were on tour in the book. It was the first finally... tour though. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I just felt yeah. like it took eight years in the book, and then all of a sudden it happened in the show, and I was like, oh, I don't have to be I, in pain, which the is The timeline was... But you... Well, yeah, and you make a good point, though, because I think in the book, they didn't ever really... Like, she, like in the show, she just came out and told the rest of the band, or, like, she told um, yeah. uh, Warren and Eddie, and was just like, yeah, we're banging, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but in the book, they never really told anyone I think the only person that like I think somebody Eddie, had a suspicion Eddie figured it out like yeah. Eddie figured and then, it out and was like oh it'd be cool if they got married Warren never put it together yeah and then Camilla <laughs> obviously stupid. and then Camilla obviously knew but like it wasn't like everybody knew because like we see in the show I think it was after Karen told the rest or told the other two then we see a point like in the morning where Billy's like oh I'm happy for you to Graham yeah. which that never like I don't remember if Billy ever knew my thing with Graham in the show. And that's a big thing is part of the reason too, that there was like, there was a fault, like there's multiple levels to the falling out. And one of them was because I feel like they didn't make Billy as bad of a brother as he was in the show. In the book. They just didn't give them a relationship. Yeah. Like it's like like, redeemable. Yeah. But like the whole thing was like a big thing is like, you know, Graham wrote this. Graham was so supportive of Billy and always stood by him and every decision, even when Eddie and Warren and Pete or whatever were frustrated with him, he stood by Graham or uh, Billy. Billy, But we know that Billy doesn't give Graham the same time because when he's like, I have a song for the album, he's like, no. Yeah. we're gonna pass on that immediately mm-hmm. um and and then you know you have this layer of then in the end when Graham comes to him and he's like hey man like I'm going through something I really need you and Billy's so caught up in his own stuff that he's like no even though we've seen 
that mm-hmm. Graham has been a constant sport for Billy. Um, so like, I feel like by removing that, it kind of removed an element of his character because like he, he is so loyal. And we see that I think with both with Billy in the show and Karen, but his loyalty has limits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was, there I, like, I agree. There was like bones to make it interesting that they just don't really go anywhere with because when Karen and like during the album shoot, when Karen and Graham first have the conversation about like, why don't you tell everybody about us? And she's like, I've worked too hard to be a member, to be the girlfriend in the six. And he says, I get exactly what you mean. The subtext being there, he has worked too hard to be Billy Dunn's brother. Mm-hmm. To be like, I'm mm-hmm. in the band because I'm his little brother. Even though we know that the band is his idea. Like the Rolling Stone mm-hmm. magazine doesn't know about that. And the fact that like that is doesn't then become the foundation of their relationship is really in, like it feels like a missed opportunity to me because no, that, that is an opportunity so to flesh him out there. he's like I understand and I'm not gonna bring it up again like I'm not gonna push you because I know that you would be the one who would like who would have like consequences for telling people that we're dating and then and I was like okay slay but then like okay, yeah when he was like you're gonna be alone forever I was like <laughs> I was <laughs> like I really I can't with you right now sir I think part of the reason why he and this is not advocating for him all but I think it changed for him when she came out with them being together and then he thought oh like we're Mm, together together now and it like gave him this hope and he kind of went with that and like let his emotions go with that and so then when everything went down the way it did um obviously he might have felt more I think that he thought that she, no, you're right. I think that he thought that she was like more on his page about their relationship than she actually was. So yeah. She told them because she was like, kind of wanted to like, be like, screw you guys, essentially. Yeah. Eddie and Mm -hmm. Warren stop being mean to him because you know, he's nice, but he took it as, oh, she's telling them because it's like so serious. So I can see why he may have been like super blindsided by her being like nope I do not want to have a family I do not want to do this however not an excuse to act the way he did but yeah I totally agree I can totally see why Mm -hmm. those emotions why he decided to be a little a little man child in that moment to be fair that's it's not it's also not far off from how he acts in the book the wording isn't the same but like he did have a similar reaction in the yeah. book and I like the part where he well I don't like it it was kind of like he shouldn't have said it but I like it as a character thing when he's like oh so like you'll quit the band and like raise the kid and she's like I'll quit the band absolutely not like I like that moment mm-hmm. it's very like you know he's not a perfect character and he's also like a man so like we <laughs> can't expect too much from him um <laughs> But it like works better too when you're getting more of him in his like present day interview being like, I was stupid at the time. I said some mm-hmm. bad stuff. Like I'll, I'll own up to yeah. that. But yeah, like yeah. that scene in the show, I was like. And also might have been better too if we had more of the Billy and him connection because the whole thing is like mm-hmm. he wants what Billy is his blueprint since they don't have a dad. So he's expecting right. Karen to quit because Camilla stays home with the kids. Mm-hmm. so why wouldn't mm-hmm. Karen stay mm-hmm. home with the kids right and again there's like a foundation there because we constantly see Graham interacting with Julia 
Yes. We constantly see him like around kids. We see Camilla talking, being like, oh, like, look at what Uncle Graham's doing for you. Like there the pieces were there. It's it's strange to me that they didn't go all the way with making the fact like Billy wants what like Graham wants what Billy has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as full text. I think part of the reason why that may have been is because they were also leaning into Eddie potentially mm-hmm. sort of kind of wanting what Billy has. So there was also mm-hmm. that angle as well, I think. Um, because like we see Eddie with Julia and we know that Eddie had feelings for Camilla. And so there's also that perspective as well. So I feel like they might've been leaning into Eddie being like, but in a different way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. So, Cause Graham wants Billy's like domestic life and Graham yeah. and Eddie wants Billy's professional wife. he wants to be taken seriously <laughs> his wife is his, his wife wants, yes also his wife he also is it wife, all yes. he also is committing his wife but <laughs> <laughs> he's committing a sin but yeah <laughs> i will say we have to get off of the catholicism well i think it's, it's the like trauma coming out for all of us <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah. for eddie it's like why couldn't it have just been me why couldn't I yeah. have been the lead singer? I'm just mm. as good. I can play just as good. Why couldn't I have been with have Camilla? That, like that just rock star quality. And I think that he but just he has is, the brains. I know, yeah. and that's what's up. That I, he's aware. Speaking, oh, he's not. Yeah, but like he's just like missing that like extra bit of narcissism and dickishness to be the lead singer. He just doesn't. It's literally like he just doesn't have that like natural it factor yeah. that Billy has that Billy doesn't even realize he has. That's like the whole but thing, he, right? But Ed lacks. Yeah. 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 And that's also like the scene with Eddie and the I do you want to go off on your Eddie tangent? No, you can go first. <laughs> okay. I was just gonna like the scene with Eddie and the punk band is so good because the rest of the members don't understand why this is such a big deal. And he's immediately able to be like that's where this is going and he's immediately able to identify it and that's why he goes up to the lead singer to be like what you just did was really good Mm -hmm. and that's why he becomes a producer yeah except yeah the show where they didn't fucking do that for some reason okay they didn't do that i texted emily's probably because i haven't finished the show yet and i was like can i still do this if i haven't finished the show but in the that's uh i I, because i haven't said my good thing yet but my favorite moment on the Eddie tangent was I really did appreciate how much they emphasized uh looking back on it some of the moments that I loved the most were between Warner and Eddie because I feel like that did a lot for Eddie's character um like in the book we get hints of it that like him and Warner and Pete would hang out a lot Mm -hmm. um and we clearly know that like him and Pete have some sort of relationship even if it's not emphasized a lot because they are brothers Mm -hmm. um but I appreciated how much this show showed us them together because I think it adds an extra element of one why Eddie is staying it's Mm -hmm. his band and he also like him and Warner are friends they're close and two um I think it adds then that extra in the end that scene between him and Warner is like legitimately really heartbreaking for me when Warner's on the bus he's expecting that Eddie's gonna come out and Eddie just can't do it 
anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, like, I like how that in a way it mirrors like the couples, (laughs) like Billy and Daisy's kind of breakup and Karen, where they have these like uh, differences that they just cannot reconcile. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that it was nice to see that, but yeah, like I, it bothered me how there was a setup for Eddie. He did that. And then in another episode, he is talking about British rock bands and how they're the big new thing. And so there's like setup for him, like knowing this stuff. And in the end, they are just like, oh, he just is like playing music, which is fine. That's fine. However, I still think that he should have been a producer in addition to that, especially because like his whole thing was like, oh, turns out like I just wanted to be in in control of like my, the music, like I wanted to do music the way I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. On that, uh, I do want to ask you guys, since we're talking about kind of like, we went on a little tangent, but uh, what did you think was a good change from the book or like some addition that you really liked? I mean, we all kind of talked about Simone already, which like Simone, Simone. Um, yeah. We all know I like the Eddie Camilla stuff, but I was gonna say the same thing. Where he goes and tells Billy that he's leaving the band and he's like, I literally hate you. You never listen to me. And then Billy's like, I don't remember what he said. He was something about like something about like him wanting to be him or something like that. And and Eddie's like if only you knew and then he's like what don't I know oh and yeah then it goes use your imagination life-changing <laughs> he really said I he really said I had a one-night stand with your wife and I would do it a fucking again <laughs> he really did say that didn't he it was so I, I would do it again I, in a heartbeat I was so at first I was like why are they adding this I loved the Camilla Eddie thing. I think it was such a good decision having her, having it be like this childhood crush that he just like didn't take his chance on. He's dating from his band. Like it it adds so much to the tension between him and Eddie. Um, And also like, to be fair, also seems to like at least a little bit even out like the Dilly, the Dizzy, Daisy Billy stuff then because it's like okay Camilla also like had something Camilla gets her thing on the side well yeah like he's like I only like he's like he he was cheating more emotionally I mean obviously he kissed Daisy but like he was definitely cheating like emotionally um but like she full-on probably she slept with Eddie like she slept with Eddie release the scenes like Suki yeah. said they film them release them so so like she actually had like sex with eddie and then billy just kissed daisy and obviously had like like i said like an emotional connection so it's like so messy and like you're saying i love that that there was like that juxtaposition of of these two this married couple that had like betrayed each other been unfaithful in ways but they were like different and so then it's like, how do you reconcile that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I liked that change. Um, and I like that they didn't kill Teddy. <laughs> oh, man. The relief. At least I not felt. in that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Go ahead. There was something very interesting, too, in the way that, like, Eddie was like, I am actually so into you, Camilla. Like, can we do this again, please? And she was like, no because like I just did this because like 
you know, my husband regularly cheated on me and like also is now having this weird thing with Daisy. And she literally says like, she just needed like a secret of her own, but mm-hmm. Eddie like actually wanted it. And then it like was sad for him and also added to the tension between him and Billy. Cause he's like, I literally like slept with your wife and she still chose you over me. Yeah. And I think it <laughs> emphasizes too, like it furthers like how flawed everyone is even Camilla because I think some people sometimes forget how flawed she is that like yeah well like not only did she but that moment she kind of just completely disregards any of Eddie's feelings and opinions is like we're not going to talk about this because I don't want to talk about it like we're not going to do this because like um not that I'm advocate well I'm in this case I am advocating for cheating um not you advocating for infidelity on the podcast <laughs> Call me Taylor Swift. <laughs> Siri, play high infidelity. Infidelity. <laughs> Swift. Um, but yeah, that's I. At first, when somebody commented that they're like, "I'm shipping Camilla and Eddie," I'm like, "Why?" But then in the show, I was like, "No, it's good. It makes sense." No, I see. I see the vision. Okay, Daisy's husband. <laughs> Did. I could have just forgotten this because it's such an innocuous detail. No, is he? No, is he royalty? Yes. in the book, but from yes. a different country. He's Italian. Okay, so he's not, not Irish. <laughs> <laughs> because I, and also they don't go to Greece because I had to look that up too. No, they so, went to another. It was like a similar situation, but it's like the same it, thing. Locations changed. Yeah. Okay, because here's the thing: Irish royalty. That is not a thing. Like, I cannot stress to you the degree to which that is not a thing. Like, I do love the idea like, that he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm royalty, trust me. And she's like, oh, like, in, back in Ireland, you're royalty? And he's like, yeah. Like, Daisy would totally believe that if he was lying about it. But, like, there is no conceivable way for Irish royalty to exist. Irish <laughs> royalty, it was like our family, it's like it goes back to the 13th, like, century. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, when the goddamn, no- like, when the Vikings came and <laughs> killed all of the Irish royalty. Like, yeah. Of course like, it adds, it-, it adds this, like, more citizen element to him that, like, he is, like, a hunt, like, he's lying. Like, he, <laughs> Daisy is so honest and truthful to him, and he just, like, doesn't care. Part where he, like, said that Simone was in love with Daisy. I was oh. so upset. Oh I God. hated that. Crazy. I was caught to worse. reach through the screen and when he was like no I know what's best for Daisy and Simone's like you've known her for like two days and he's like yeah but I'm her husband so I obviously know what's best I was like you have to talk Daisy out of not going on this tour like this is what she loves and he's like no <laughs> she loves no me. heart emoji <laughs> He's oh, like, man. no, lesbians are predatory. Anyway, like, right <laughs> off. <laughs> Actually pushes not- homophobia. But no, I literally love- what he says. I mean, not, not like literally in the canon, in the text, but like. <laughs> That's what he implies. Insinuating, insinuating that your lesbian best friend is in love with you. Top 10 worst things a straight person can ever say. To yeah, him. to get you to like push her away and get closer to you too ah but I I loved how Simone reacted like I was like good for you 
good for you. Get yeah, out of there. Out. I was like, yeah. so much better than me because I would have been hitting people. Oh, like, yeah. fighting I, would have heard. I thought it was, like, as, as awful as it was to see that and uncomfortable and, like, you know, really awful. I, I, I kind of appreciated it for what it, sh- like, for what it showed the audience. Like, people don't always think about that and they like they internalize that and they don't really think about like that sort of toxic uh way of thinking about lesbians and you know um lgbtq people and so i i liked that they showed that for her character because i don't know you know what i'm saying like I, i think that was it was good to bring to light especially in the context of simone and and daisy's relationship so it's like awful as it was to see. I was like, you know, good on good on them for like showing that dynamic that can be really awful. And then showing like the person being like, no, that's not okay. You can't act like that towards me. I'm leaving. Yeah. And then having Daisy have to like come to like a realization and be like, oh, that was super shitty of me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. yeah, I think the way they handled Simone's queerness in terms of like, there is going to be homophobia because of when the story takes place and like just the reality of her situation but they did a very good job of like not it like it wasn't like every time that I was watching her story I was like I feel terrible because everyone is just being homophobic all the time Mm -hmm. like I think that it was a really there's like a really delicate balance that has to be pulled off in a situation like that and I think they did a really good job of handling that and also making her story like very empowering and giving her like a lot of agency over her own decisions and less Mm -hmm. of like outside people and forces like her just doing what everyone else is telling her to Mm -hmm. Simone's storyline was like I enjoyed Simone's storyline more than I enjoyed like the band's storyline because I think while the story is very much like a story of this one band at this moment in time at this moment in rock music seeing Simone's story and seeing it be like what's also happening is the birth of of the disco movement Mm -hmm. and following this like pioneer of disco music thought like looking at the way that Bernie laid the track Mm -hmm. and being like I just took these little bits from your voice and I mixed it with this and it's like yeah that's how disco music came and watching it come out of these out of this like black gay club in New York and uh, yeah and like then she moving to all these other venues and watching that like sent like centering that like disco started as a like genre of liberation as a genre of black liberation as a genre of queer liberation and to center it we're telling the story of these two black of these two black lesbians and we're going to get to tell their story and they're going to get to have a happy ending we are going to like Simone deals with sexual harassment in the workplace she is the one that has to like work for it and she tells Mm -hmm. she tells Daisy straight up like you have been given everything and Mm -hmm. I do not hate you because you have been given everything but you do not get to go and parade around and abandon all these different things like Mm -hmm. if you're going to be given everything you need to work with it Mm -hmm. you cannot throw it away yeah well, also then her getting to be her own success because I think that like that could have so easily fallen into the trope that black characters can fall into 
about of of just supporting like the white protagonist of just being there to like tell them what they need to hear and then Simone gets her own arc Simone gets her own story mm-hmm. she gets to like I love that character I love I love her edition yeah. mm-hmm. yes fully I, yeah it was definitely one of my favorite changes like keeping wholly the element of their friendship and centering that but also giving Simone more agency outside of Daisy yeah I think was perfect um Mm -hmm. yeah that was one of my favorite changes also I don't know I liked that Billy found Daisy after the overdose um I think not only did it make for a very dramatic scene but I did just I liked how that happened more as like a part of the band like not only like Billy finding her but then the band rushing to protect and comfort her I think that all really emphasizes too like in the end when Daisy says like she has to leave her family um like you know because she just can't be in the band anymore like those are the scenes that like you feel that like you feel that like they all love Daisy so mm-hmm. much um mm-hmm. yeah like- so I, I just like that a lot um and it made for like a drama uh, and like drama wise <laughs> the way I was like screaming and crying because I was like no like when everyone's trying to figure out if he said Daisy or baby <laughs> and we're all like he said baby <laughs> the drama was so his, delicious his plea like pleases over and over again all those pleas like the way he uh, grabbed her face uh, <laughs> beautiful like a painting like a classical painting or something Renaissance. so good yes so good um yeah as much as we hate to give nikki credit that's that's the mirror not the soulmate moment is the fact that go. as soon as like as soon as nikki comes to the door billy knows that daisy's overdosed mm-hmm. not that he, he he doesn't know that something you know like he doesn't know that something's wrong he knows that she's overdosed and he yeah. can like he's calling these signs and I love that he stays I mean I guess I haven't finished the show yet so maybe he doesn't stay sober to the end of the tour but does he not, does he not stay sober <laughs> okay that was the one the thing I, I hated. actually don't remember that was actually the one I was, change I hated damn because I was so excited about all the little moments oh, they show yeah. of him maintaining sobriety it's he, just the last day in Chicago. It's literally he, the, it's the day he's breaking down oh, about Camilla yeah, possibly yeah, leaving yeah, yeah. him. And in the book, he does take like a sip or two at the bar when the guy offers him a drink. Like in the book, the that concert. does yes, that's after. And in the show, like he drinks yeah. and then he like gets a flask and he's like drinking it a little bit during the concert. And then like between yeah. sets, and then he also like starts um doing like coke and uh, and and that was the part I hated because because he was like kissing Daisy and like wanting to he just like completely relapsed within like the course of like an hour and that was kind of weird that's just like not him yeah like like, we could have the drama of tv yeah we could have totally done without that we could have totally done without that that was the one thing like if I was going to pick one thing out of the whole entire show that I just was like they should not have done this and I'm going to stay true to like they should not have done this I really think they should not have like gone that way like he could have drank at the bar before the show and I would still be okay with that 
but to like carry that through and it be like a toxic thing almost between him and Daisy mm-hmm. at the end I didn't like it, it was yucky <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I part of that was when she was when he was like I let's just like I don't remember exactly what he said be but broken like, be together broken and then mm-hmm. she was like I don't want to be broken though yeah like, like hey. but like he didn't need to be like relapse <laughs> yeah I, I I do appreciate like in that moment like Daisy kind of coming full circle and like it was everything that she wanted yeah she couldn't do it in that way yeah um and then that also kind of pushing her to like finally go get the help that she needed Mm -hmm. like I did appreciate like that element of it but yeah I agree like I didn't love the relapse even though I mean I guess like it is important to like recognize too like people do relapse like in real life yeah. and I did appreciate at yeah. least then that they also said like Billy then went back to rehab after like I was he like did. okay he did. okay at least like, we're he okay good good and everything yes. yeah, yeah they, he they, like, like very totally... clearly showed he went back <laughs> yeah yeah so that was good at least I just was like why did they do that but but as we're talking I'm like I understand like it's for the drama of the situation and and yeah so it's just not it was, fun it to see so nice it is still nice that it shows us all these moments of him maintaining sobriety and of the mm-hmm. people around him helping him. Like there's the guy, um, I can't remember what stop, but there's a guy that's trying to hand him weed and Rod immediately grabs it and like takes that. it away. And he's like, it's not gonna, it's it's not getting this close to you. There's mm-hmm. like at the party, like Camilla, like they're both handed glasses and Camilla takes both of them. Mm-hmm. Um like it's it's nice to like show that he has his like support system even when it all comes yeah. crumbling down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and like yeah, and then like when Daisy at the end starts to like she she is like I was not sober, but I was like my version of sober. Like how Billy was there to like let her on his bus and like be there to kind of be that support for her. Mm-hmm. Um. Because he even offers to send her to rehab. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the first time you think you need it, I'll be there for you. Yeah. Yes. Um, were there other... Ch- I As much as I liked Karen and Graham in the show, I do just wish there were a couple moments that they kept particularly their breakup, where it's like, you didn't love me like I like, or uh, you wanted me to be someone I wasn't and you never loved me like I loved you because I felt like that was very much the sentiment of their breakup but I was like it was so good I wish they had just like said Mm -hmm. it (laughs) I think the biggest moment from the book that I was like where was this was the way that they first get together in the book where she like calls him and she's like make a move on me and he's like I don't take shots I know I'll miss and she's like maybe you wouldn't miss and then he like sprints to her room it's It's so so good yeah so cute I I felt bad for his poor girlfriend who was like waiting out (laughs) at what point did she leave at what point did she just like unload his surfboard and leave like god (laughs) she just took it no I was like she has honestly yeah the emotional from Santa Barbara you <laughs> hope you became a doctor girly the line where where Jonah's like okay if you can give me a better story like I'll write that and then I forget exactly what Billy says but he's like I literally can't stand Daisy Jones I can't fucking <laughs> like, stand my better, Daisy Jones yeah. my, 
better stories that I hate her ass. Don't talk about my daughter. <laughs> He's like, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I, I also, not that he was that missed, I did miss Pete. Yeah. I, I, I don't lie. understand why they got rid of him. Like, here's the thing. I know a lot of people were like, it's just because he doesn't have doesn't anything do any- to say. <laughs> like, he doesn't do anything. Like, yeah. he's, yeah, he's not mentioned that much. Um, except for the fact that I think it's really funny because he was the only one that cried at Camila and Graham's wedding. And also, uh, I like when Karen made fun of him for wearing a bolo tie. <laughs> But I just think it's so funny how he corn. shows up at the very end of the book and you're like oh my god yeah he hasn't been here at all and he's like I'm not participating in this <laughs> I'm not participating because yeah. like and I know the whole idea is they combined Chuck and Pete into like one character so like they he leaves the band early on like Pete but he doesn't die in the or like uh Chuck but he doesn't die in the war and he yeah. just kind of like does a normal life thing he becomes a dentist so However, slight so slight I kind of wish they went the route of like they were brothers and Chuck got drafted and ended up dying Mm -hmm. and then there's this and then I thought it would be interesting because that adds a whole dynamic of like uh Eddie is like you have your brother here and you treat him like shit and my brother died in a war and he can't be here with me to do this um but since they also kind of cut the grandma and uh Billy stuff I guess that kind of evens Mm -hmm. out um but I did think that it was funny but I did kind of miss Pete I still kind of think it would have been funny to just like have a guy that was like in the background and had like a couple of lines and then they were just like who's that here I gotta say the shadow of Vietnam is not present in this tv show and you know maybe sometimes these things shouldn't be here but also how are none of these how were none of these men drafted like Billy says he's like he's like everyone I know has died at war or is like drinking themselves to death and it's like one of y'all should have been yeah like I love the line where he's like why am I still here when like everyone I know went and died but it would have hit so much I'm asking the same thing if if they had a band member yeah yeah like yeah and that could so easily been included instead of him being like I'm a dentist yeah well, yeah. like they could have easily done it with like the sound guy. They could have been like, "Where's the Somebody. sound guy?" And they're like, "Oh, he got drafted and he's he dead." Like, and like, it makes sense why Billy's not drafted. Like, Billy shouldn't be drafted. Yeah. he's married with children. He wouldn't have been drafted. I get well, it. Well, it it also like isn't it like in the book they like explain like they go as so far as to like explain the draft numbers that like yeah. it was something they all and like low draft numbers. Yeah, or something like that. There's like a very specific explanation as to like why at least why billy and graham were we have no idea i guess i guess eddie warren and pete just also lucked out on that they all got lucky warren's a draft dodger (laughs) yeah definitely that's canon he he burned his draft card entirely not today um Um, warren saw hair on broadway and was like fuck yeah (laughs) this is what i'm talking about (laughs) this is my shit i yeah mine and I understand why too, because I I know the whole perspective of Pete is it's supposed to be like you find out that he's alive in the end, and it's supposed to be like, oh shit, what are we missing then? If he, because mm-hmm. he's like, I just don't have anything to say, and you're like, you know that's not true, and it's like, oh shit, yeah. what are we missing then? If we didn't get this whole person's perspective, how would our thoughts changed if we had known 
that he still was alive to tell this story and just was choosing not to and I get that's hard to like adapt into like tv because mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's like oh it just feels like weird or like you don't really get it especially when like we're supposed to kind of see that like what is happening not in the interviews is the like objective truth of it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah but I was like he was still missed by me <laughs> and four people mentioned Billy and Camilla's <laughs> damn twins and I was like they had <laughs> I was like I didn't think they had as much impact <laughs> yeah well so one I, thing oh no go ahead I was gonna say Warren and Lisa got the twins yeah oh yeah them. that's true that's true. I like how they kept that yeah that was... again Warren my king pulled a movie star um <laughs> the one thing though that I this is what I have mixed feelings about it's like kind of going back to the drama of like all the relationships is that I one of the, my favorite parts of the book is the part where Camilla like basically goes up to Daisy and is like he's never gonna leave me I know it and you know it so let's just like leave it at that and I felt like that wasn't as much in the show because instead they went the route of Daisy and Billy are like way more aggressively emotionally well Daisy's not cheating but like Billy's more aggressively emotionally cheating so then Camilla had to have the drama so I do like that change that they did all of that however I also really liked in the book how Camilla seemed way more confident in Billy and also Billy was less cheaty from my perspective of when I was reading it but I also may not have been reading between the lines enough so I don't know but I also what I like about that scene in the book too is the part where she's like something is going to break and it's not going to be me and I'm not Billy so unless you leave it's going to be you not in a like condescending or rude way but in a like like you're genuinely going to get hurt if you keep trying to pursue this man yeah like hears that and is like okay I'm gonna leave and like I like that because it was never like Camilla was genuinely like trying to look out for herself and her family but like also for Daisy and knowing that Daisy has really strong feelings for Billy yeah Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the one thing that was missing is the Daisy and the Camilla relationship in the show felt a little bit more like cold than it did in the book. Oh, see, like, I felt the opposite. Or did you? Interesting. Yeah, I felt like it was way more warm in the show because I felt like we were in the book. It was like, it often seemed like Daisy felt really awkward around her. Whereas like in the book and Camilla just kind of was like, she's there. Uh, whereas like yeah. in the tv show we see her like actively like wanting daisy to join the band being like oh well you got us this house she at the picnic they were sitting at but then i like agree that like the scene at the end changing in particular is yeah and maybe it's because like near the end it got a lot more cold like i feel like there was more change in their relationship in the show whereas in the book it was kind of just like she's there and you know what women support women but i kind of hate her but i don't like in the book, that was like the most extensive interaction that they had had was that yeah, last that's one. That's true. That's true. Whereas, Very like in the point. TV show, there's this implication that like they've spent way more time true. together. Which I guess, which I guess, in a way, would make Camilla feel more betrayed mm-hmm. than in the yeah. book, where she's like, "Oh, this is just this girl, and I don't really feel threatened by her because she's just nothing to me." Whereas in the book or the show, they were more friends, so it would hurt more, and that would kind of explain why Camilla is less 
like rational almost about it not that women have to be rational when their husbands are cheating on them obviously but (laughs) there is that difference which I think again is interesting and like I really liked both which is why I'm conflicted because I'm like I like both versions of what happened yeah and I think that's cool though because like you can just have both of these versions that you like you know what I'm saying very true very true Mm -hmm. It's like AU a little bit, but exactly. that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. There's allowed to be adaptational changes. I think the one other thing, I'll just add one more thing for me. The one other thing that I liked is that I think there was less time between when they last saw each other and then oh, when yeah. Daisy and Billy see each other again. And I think there's like 20 years instead of like 30 something years because mm-hmm. i think it was it, like it's like 90s uh they said because like i remember in the show uh, yeah in the show because i remember like it was specifically because like they were talking about how eddie's beard was like inspired by edward norton's in the 90s his little and like, also oh, they yeah. mentioned so that good i'm pretty sure they mentioned that camilla died in like 2012 like specifically yeah, yeah. in yeah. the book yeah it's like because you can yeah. see the date on the email yeah so so but in the show it's only in the 90s so yeah I I liked that change I guess I will say I the costume designer of this I saw some people being like it's so cheap it looks so whatever oh no we lost (laughs) our but I thought it was so good and I was listening to like um them saying like the costume designer like it was this video specifically about Eddie how like Eddie is trying to emulate the big stars of like, he's trying to like be a rock star. So he's trying to emulate other people. So his sideburns were inspired by Roger Taylor. And there's a picture, another picture that I found where it's like, he's wearing like an all black, which is like exactly what Roger wore. Uh, the goatee is inspired by Edward Norton. But then you like, you look back, like obviously Daisy's dress is like very Freddie Mercury. Uh, a lot of the like fur coats and vests that Warren wears look very similar to stuff that Roger Taylor wore especially when he was also performing um mm-hmm. and like this stuff at the beginning looked very Beatles-ish with their like matching suits and stuff so I appreciated that and I'm sure sorry my like bias is just queen so I'm sure there's a lot of more style inspirations from like other people and like clearly you oh. have uh Stevie Nicks, obviously, for yeah, the uh, Fleetwood Macisms are Fleetwood all over the place. Mac is really strong, but I noticed too, like very heavily, like the Queen uh, inspirations in a mm-hmm. lot of uh, what, in particular, what uh, Eddie and Warren wore. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daisy's wearing almost like direct recreations of Stevie Nicks outfits at times. Yeah, I think they said one of her bracelets was a, like a recreation of one of Stevie's. Yeah. Like it's it's. Which is like, I saw a lot of, this isn't a costuming note, but I saw a lot of people that were not, that had not read the book and were unfamiliar with the source material when the show was coming out, talking about like, oh, is this, this is the Fleetwood Mac thing. Why isn't, mm-hmm. why didn't they just like do the Fleetwood Mac story? And it's like, well, because it's fiction, Barbara. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's the point of the point. <laughs> Like the point of the story is that it's fictional. Fiction. Go it's listen to go listen to rumors if you want to. Yeah, it's yeah. such the civil wars. Like, yes. If, if Taylor said, or Taylor Jenkins really said that in an interview too. She's like, obviously it's Fleetwood Mac, but it was the civil wars. Also, which I thought was so funny was as Daisy Jones with the Six was coming out, Taylor Swift 
brought back together the civil wars to re-record safe and sound i was like oh my god her mind her mind <laughs> I... when in the hunger games renaissance how okay so I, before I finished the end, so I read the book, I got to that part at the end where she said that like, she was partially inspired by them. And I was like, wait a second, I loved this band and I fell off the wagon when they stopped making music. And I just never considered why the heck that happened. So then I looked all into it. I was like, oh my God, they were, cause I thought as a young, like as a, a young adult or, you know, te- late teens that this was a couple singing. I never looked into it, never thought anything of it, but they were never a couple, supposedly. They were married <laughs> to separate people, and I had no idea. So that when I learned that, I was like, oh my God, when I listened to their music, I thought they were a couple. And so I was blown away. I was blown away by that information. I like did a deep dive into it. I was like, oh my God. He's so Taylor King, it's Reef Code. <laughs> It's so, um, gotta say, when we finally got, like, I didn't think we were actually ever going to get a Fleetwood Mac needle drop, because this might be a little bit of a niche reference, but much like the Umbrella Academy can never use my chemical romance music, which is a detriment to the Umbrella Academy, because fives should be able to fight to an MCR song. I didn't, I never thought that they were going to, one, clear uh, my, uh, Fleetwood Mac song. Like, like, <laughs> no, I didn't think they would be able to clear like a Fleetwood Mac song because I was like, there, that's too much. Much less like a song from Rumors. I was like, no way, no way. And when we finally heard Gold Dust Woman, I was like cheering. I was like, this is my moment. This is what we needed. And like, what a great point to get that at Daisy's like at Daisy's overdose, as she's coming to, and it's like, and then as Nikki's leaving, the line that you're hearing is shattered your illusion of love. And is it over now? Do you know how to pick up the pieces and go home? Because Daisy doesn't know how to do that. Iconic. So <laughs> Thank good. you so much, music supervisor. <laughs> so good. I'm Goldust Woman in that moment. Um. So transferring, it we'll get into this. We're starting to get into the songs, but before we get into the like specific songs that we think fit Star Wars characters, I want to know what your guys's favorite song is, uh, both off Aurora and then if you happen to have one from like either the Dunn Brothers or Simone or Davy or whatever. My favorite song is "More Fun to Miss." A bop. <laughs> i think like from the dunn brothers i think like look me in the eye Mm -hmm. like just (laughs) the part where you just like sing it really like i put the grease on the wheel (laughs) Um, but then like for aurora i'm just gonna be super cliche and just be like the river oh i was gonna say that too (laughs) i was also gonna say the river i was gonna be really basic and say either the river it's just so good so good i like put it on i'm like yeah i would yeah, follow you to the mean, river <laughs> well the chain like bridge the like the bridge that is yeah. just in totally inspired like uh, like honestly yeah they you could tell me that that bridge was interpolating the chain and i would be like yeah it is like and riley keogh is doing like a stevie nicks like growl and it's yeah. so good it's so good yeah 
I think mine also maybe a little basic, but regret me, I think is still so good. my favorite. So um, good. But I also really like uh, how love will travel. Uh, that one is a really good, I really like that one. I listen to that one a lot. Um, and also I will, I have to say I'm a stumbled on sublime fan. It's a good why song. Is, why is stone may suck, but Daisy was right. It's a good song. It's a banger. She wrote a good song. She wrote a good song. It's so true. Um, so with that, we will get into uh, the Star Wars part of the Star Wars podcast. <laughs> um, so I think we'll just go through, since it's only like one album, really, we'll just go through Aurora in order and we'll see like what you guys think, uh, like who is like which Star Wars character fits which song. Um, so the first, of course, is Aurora. <laughs> okay, I should have I should have done my homework. I, I, I should I... start because I'm gonna give an answer that's really obvious that it's the answer I would give. Um, <laughs> the Aurora is a Caden and Ahsoka song. <laughs> Oh, so true. Oh. Like, I don't know anything about them, but, like, genuinely, it actually is about them. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, to me, it's a Hanan, uh, Hanan Leia song. Yeah. I could see that, too. Just, like, a happy couple kind of thing. Specifically, like, like Han and Leia at their, like, Ewok tree wedding. Yeah. Like, post- <laughs> post return of the jedi right at the end of that uh well there's also yeah but like there's the part where it's like uh like you reached out for my touch and you couldn't give much of all the time we lost while i was running from your life like it just it really is really han leia to me too yeah yeah yeah. and then yeah when you consider like when they did break up and like it's just it can fit so many different aspects scenarios of that, like yeah. you can read into that like different Billy ways, Dunn and so. Camilla are a little bit on like a coded so they're yeah. a little they're they're yeah. they're, a, they're a lot on yeah <laughs> um if no one has anybody else uh let me down easy <laughs> I, I feel I, that it's um Han Kira which is gonna be a trend for a lot of these I'm like yep (laughs) maybe that's my brainworm of the week it's my brainworm of every week um but specifically Han at Kira yeah because he's like like if you're gonna let me down let me down easy which she didn't do but I can just like picture him like listening just being like why didn't she let me down better uh she just left me on whatever Savarine um yeah that's what I think but I'm curious to know what you guys think I'll probably agree I mean kind of pure angle yeah well, kind of similar there's... Val and Cinta but like Val to Cinta oh. if you're gonna let me down let me down easy Ooh. that one hurts that one hurts oh. <laughs> the line the specific line that I guess works for both of those couples is the don't leave me broken and free so like Kira like getting like you know leaving Han at the end and like he's free free, but he's broken (laughs) yeah that specifically is them yeah to me so true (laughs) 
any other Morgan. <laughs> thoughts on that I, one? I, I, I'm, I'm, this whole album just is very, is, is very, like, there's a lot of Han Solo energy happening here, so I <laughs> yeah. fear that I'm just, like, reiterating a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> also, also, I did, I gotta be honest, I listened to this album while I, while I'm, I'm always constantly thinking about the X-Men, but I listened to this album and all my thoughts are, like, these are just, this is just an album about the X-Men. <laughs> so trying to like reorient my brain to be like, okay, so if it's not about Gambit, like where are we going? <laughs> hey, Morgan, I love you. Gambit and Rogue are my favorite. <laughs> I love them. I love them so much. Because <laughs> I gotta tell you. It's how, like the moment you started talking about the X-Men, I was like, she is thinking about gambit and rogue or at least gambit yeah let me down no. easy let me down easy actually is a rogue gambit song <laughs> it is it is it is i'm Love so them. sorry i just keep bringing x-men nonsense to star wars podcasts i've done this to no. claire before and now i'm here <laughs> once again i made claire to edit like an hour of me just talking at them but okay anyway um Claire do you have one I don't know I kind of agree with you guys I didn't have anyone specific okay okay with that we'll move on to kill you to try okay 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 <laughs> Claire's <laughs> ready thinking about this one this is a Gela and Axel song specifically right at the intersection between Cataclysm when he has just betrayed her and been sent to prison for it. And this is the scene where she goes to visit him and is like, could you at least be sorry that you betrayed my trust? And he's like, I am sorry, LOL. But like, he's like oh my God. If you can't, a lot of mine are going to be about Convergence slash cataclysm. <laughs> I did just finish reading Cataclysm today and I'm like, I'm feeling insane about these guys again. Uh that's... I just listen to the album and read this book tonight. You should. It is Axel Greylark is like Billy Dunn if he slayed. Because like I love Axel <laughs> Billy Dunn, but like there are certain similarities that I have been noticing. <laughs> I... the title of this episode can you call yes. this episode <laughs> I, I will call this episode Actually, like, is billy just, i really i just i really just want to build in that niche here because uh, i'm already pushing it with people daisy shows in the sixth podcast but i just want to continue really push a niche um, mm-hmm. you gotta have a thing you I, have a thing you're known for yeah i kind of see it as a a Ray and Kylo song specifically for the chorus the can the words ever be unspoken can the truth ever untell the lies uh oh would it kill you to try and it's like Ray to Kylo and then it's like what is it what is it I must do um promise me you'll if I tell you promise me you'll be there yeah and it's like Ray promise me Ben will be there but what is also- it I must do you have to retweet the Ray at Kylo but also it's like Kylo at Ray when he's trying to get her to join him. Exactly. Like, yeah, so not frustrated. In a toxic <laughs> way. Yeah. And it's like, it's, yeah. It's both of them at each other, especially in The Last Jedi when they're like, eh. I feel it. <laughs> Come on, it's, I need it's... you, babe. You're my better half. Ah! Literally yeah. the better half of the dyad. 
it's very ray is constantly searching for connection and he's like please 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 somebody and and then he's like please (laughs) (laughs) no you that adam driver impression (laughs) please Uh, <laughs> the Master Ray Skywalker movie better give her a girlfriend. That's all I'm saying. Also oh, true. Needs so to find, she needs to find love interest. So she needs like, some connection. So <laughs> if 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 Rosiga can come back, I'm just saying. I know that deleted footage exists somewhere. Further <laughs> scene. I'm. I'll die mad about it. Further um, <laughs> scene. Lindsay, do you have one? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, no, not really. There was one I was thinking of, but I think I'm going to save that for a different song. <laughs> okay. I sometimes, I did have a couple characters doubled up, so if you I, want to. Okay, I <laughs> sort of, I was sort of having like a Quinlan Ventress sort of feel. Oh my god, no. Okay, no, the scene, oh my god, sorry. I have been saying about them. The scene where like, scene where like after the whole thing with Dooku where he like, yep his master's death through the saber and she comes to like save him and he's like i'm going to kill you and then she's like trying to make up for it but he's already started to go to the dark side and then she's like going to the jedi temple like this guy is messed up you guys he is on the wrong path and they're just like no it's okay and she's like no seriously he's messed up (laughs) and then she's like trying to get him back to the light oh my god it was so good Oh, we, we stand we stand uh psychometric too. users psychometric users slash night sisters pairings they're just so, so, so good so true so true oh man that was good i didn't even think of that Whew. uh anybody else have one okay uh next <laughs> is uh two against three i think it said in my video that this was a padme song um i think it's like like all i need is a promise i can keep I sorry but like and it's kind of like two against three like even the title being like two is Anakin and like the dark side versus or like you know that's Uh, big brain but no because I'm looking at these lyrics right now um and I know those mornings are as good as it can ever be feeling our hearts intense like I really just uh yeah no I think I'm gonna second Padme Amidala because that I'm really I'm like I'm also looking at the lyrics and I'm like oh I'm seeing it it and the the, it it seems you have a choice to make yeah I will counter not counterpoint alternate point the song makes me think of Kanan and Hera because it's like the two, like them two against three, like three is a bigger number. So it's like everything that's going on. And I love the when it says tenderly two against three because they are so freaking cute together. And so it's like they have this beautiful relationship amidst all this war and fighting. Um, and then 
yeah the part about like you have a choice to make is like when Kanan sacrifices himself it's like he made that choice to like give up on this beautiful love but for like the greater good I don't know this might be a stretch but that's what I think that's what it reminds me of I see the vision I see the vision a hundred percent we made ourselves sad with that one mm. we did um, <laughs> ow I make myself sad if I think about Padme for too long this is oh so true so true <laughs> Padme, my queen. I was wearing my Padme shirt earlier today. I just for her. Uh, Padme's the best. Um, look at us now, aka Honeycomb. Han and Leia. Han and Leia. Han and Leia. I did have uh alternatively, uh Vixen Cassian. Uh, just because, like, we could make a good thing bad. Yes. Uh, did we yeah. unravel a long time ago? Was there too much? We don't want to know. I I wish it was easy, but it isn't. So, it's no just, one like, knows very, who you like, are. No one yeah. knows who ah! you are. Shut up! Shut up! That's good. That's get out of my house. Yeah. You've been crying in the dark. Get out! How did, how did we get here? How do we get out? We used oh. to be something to see. Like they used to be like this great so couple, and now true. they're like broken. we lost and we couldn't let it go. Bye. Like especially wow. now with like the footage that we've seen in the trailer. Wow! Like, yes. I feel like getting back a little bit together, but like we know that it's gonna end badly again. Oh my god! Yeah, that's beautiful. That's inspired. Wow. Mic like, drop, like, honestly. <laughs> Avar Chris and Elzar Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like her being like, what what's wrong with you? <laughs> Love her you. Being, like, pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. Fix yourself. Hey, Get hey, better. <laughs> she didn't say I can fix him. She said he should fix himself and then come back. <laughs> yeah. He, he needs to fix him. <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a good one. He said you get better. <laughs> Get well soon, babes. <laughs> Literally. Oh, Elzar man. <laughs> the person Thinking that you him. are. The Thinking man that him. you are. I'm every day. Simultaneously, my favorite person ever and my mortal enemy. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, like, audio? It's like, I have to be like, that's my mortal enemy, but that's also my, it's like... Also, the love of my life. My life, yeah. He's the love of my life. Oh, uh, regret me. <laughs> okay. Well, I was gonna say, um, Ray and, and Kylo. That's a good one. I, I just, Fair. I'm feeling the 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 fighty the, the fighty mm-hmm. vibe <laughs> of mm-hmm. the song. So that's just what I'm I'm thinking. Um, I'm sure that there's a much better answer. But that was the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> no, I I think that's that's very fair. Ari might be on the same. Oh, Morgan, go. I was going to say, I think that there you could make an argument for Obi-Wan and Satine. Oh, I think this is very. I think you could. (laughs) This is not a song. This is not a song I would usually pick for Obi-Wan and Satine. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. one that's like on my Obi, like my Obi teen playlist. But I think like it very much has their, it has their bickering vibes. It has their, like, I still love you, but, like, everything that, especially, like, 
if you think about their respective political philosophies, which mm-hmm. I do all the time, it's very much they're like, I have create like everything that you idolize or like you have as an ideal is something I gave you and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like to make it even better as an OB teen song, it has to be like an acoustic version. So it's like a little more calm and yeah. less like angry, but still like angry, but like I'm not mad, I'm disappointed rather than I hate you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. For them, yes. because they're, they're both very yeah. like calm people generally. But especially the meet me in the corner where you keep, I'll do anything you please. That mm-hmm. is, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know I will say also this is very Han Kira to me so true too. also so true <laughs> go ahead and regret me but I'm beating you to it do it uh dude like the whole uh also like you couldn't handle your liquor and you can't seem to handle truth just seems like such a Kira mm-hmm. to Han yes. line <laughs> but then like, the the line like go ahead and regret me but I'm beating you to it dude is so Han like Han would Mm -hmm. use the word dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah like I find it perfectly natural here in my car to do like I find it perfectly natural here in the Falcon to do (laughs) so true Teen and Obi-Wan is sort of inspired for that yeah that is inspired I just I was possessed I was I was possessed by by a vengeful god that was like eventual god in the form of city increase that was like speak my name and i was like okay yeah i have to honor you i have to do it <laughs> which john favreau won't so true um claire Lynn, do you have any ones for that before no we- i've already got one lined up for the next one though. okay you were gone i will let Lynn's go first jen castian exactly okay. <laughs> look at the lyrics and tell me i'm wrong <laughs> It's just so, what's it say? Where is it? Uh, uh, like, memories are nothing, and there's no life left to see. A tree carving of her names left high and alone. Nothing ever seems to stay that way, not for long. Where were you when I needed you? You were gone. They didn't even know each other. Uh, not a trace of that break. I took topple from the day and gathered in a ball beneath the sea. Whenever there's an yeah. ocean, thing, no, I just, you know, I had that. And it's like gym. the center, the, the hand that pulled, but the hand that pulled me through the center of the night was you. That's why I'm yeah. floating. Why I reached towards the moon. I also, I said it was a gym song too, because of like, where were you, uh, where were you when I needed you? You were gone is just like basically every person in Jin's yeah, life. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely see that. And then like the switches of like someone like Seattle, like uh the hand of the night. Every story, oh, every story has an ending. Then it's not our job to stay. Uh hey. It's it's very Jin Cassian. No, you're so right for that. That's so inspired. Um, I will say not to first of all not to make all mine be from the High Republic, but like I feel like diversity. Last time I was on this podcast was literally to talk about that. Cinema brand. Um, and also not to make mine sad, but this is like Elzar and Stellan, but like after Stellan, 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yes. That too. So someone left you by choice and more like they literally are not there. And Elsa is like literally at his lowest at the end of that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Now. Elzar. Alternatively, to go on the High Republic tangent is just like the three of them Avar, Stellan, and Elzar all doing different things that they thought were best in like whenever book those I don't even remember but like during the whole crisis of Starlight Beacon like they were all all over the place and so that was just like very much like they went from being like the, the trio whatever they're called firebrands or whatever and then they were all gone from each other and everything was chaotic because they all thought they were doing what was best those silly little guys but yeah yes (laughs) i agree alternatively alternatively my alternative (laughs) because i have to always bring up my king my dad lone and great storm so Uh, true this is also my brain worm of every day um if i have no. to suffer then you guys do too and so do all the listeners bell like waking up from nightmares of loden being dusted right after he died this song no. yeah no as the CEO but, of Loaded Great Storm, it is my duty to bring pain and remind everyone that he existed and he was the best. And I miss okay. him greatly. I hate to be Sorry. the one to do this, but also <laughs> read Silas and Comac by Stop! <laughs> okay. Orla, Orla and Comac. Oh, oh, oh. oh god. Or oh god, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Every, we're, we're thinking of everyone who said it. But so true on Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. For that, real that's though. That's so inspired Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon because like literally in the Obi-Wan series when he's like master and then and then yeah. he's like, are you? Ah, why did I think of this? This oh is gonna literally be any Padawan who has lost a master. Like when he okay. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me add one in there. Uh, Sir Junda and Trilla Siduri. Okay, that's the best. <laughs> one. Were you what I needed you. You were gone by her. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel like now this is a competition to see what can be the saddest. So, um, how about Hera at Ezra because her one connection to Canaan is now gone with the whale. Her son. And I'm her son. Yeah, okay, Jason. Is her son Jason. not a literal connection to her dead husband? No, Jason. I choose to pretend he's. <laughs> Ari's like Jason's and Bula's actually not Canaan. I did say that this morning after I watched the Ahsoka trailer. I was like, I hope Jason is having a great time at daycare. Like, he's with never yeah. seen he's him. With, he's with Callus yeah, on Lyrasan. Like, Callus yeah. oh, yeah. is with, like, Jason's with Callus on Lyrasan. And then Callus will FaceTime Hera and be like, hey, your son's like here eating melon yeah. in my field. He's yeah, good. Callus. No. I'm he making him farm. On, like, Padawan Master. Now I'm thinking about like, parent child and by that i mean sabine wren and ursa wren 
Guys, what are we doing to ourselves right now? <laughs> You're gonna have to put a trigger warning for this podcast episode. We like around the two hour mark. We just got really depressing. <laughs> before we before we move on to a next to another song, because I all of these songs are also definitely about the X Men. I just gotta say, this song is also a Charles Xavier and Magneto song. <laughs> I shouldn't be silenced by that. We're not silencing no, your you. Speak your truth. Yeah. Because my expand knowledge is mainly in the movies, particularly between First Class and Days of Future Fast. No, it's very that. It's like very, that. Uh, it's very, I'm going to go uh, be presumed dead and you're going to raise my children. <laughs> it's very, um, I'm sitting here naked in my bed and I know you're watching me. It's <laughs> very... That's a really odd one. These are all real things that have happened to them. (laughs) So true. This is very, uh, we had two different ideas for the ways that our people should be led, and now we don't anyway. Oh my god. Um, Next, more fun than this. Um, okay, guys, hear me out. This is going to be so shocking. <laughs> Elzar our man. <laughs> okay, wait, no, I do need an explanation for that. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, well, okay, if we're taking it from the perspective of, like, how Billy wrote this song about Daisy, it's, like, Stella and Geo's being, like, okay. we're all good at the Or, like, literally anyone. Okay. He's Ooh. a hot mess. I forget that Elzar is sometimes in his flop, is constantly in his flop era. Flop era, and I love that for him, really, but, like, also get it together. Get it together. <laughs> get it together. Yeah. I, my king. Yeah, to me, uh, I, it's Kira for me. It took guts to think that I would buy that link. And then, like, more fun to miss than to be with, like, her whole, like, thing with, uh, with Han. I think True. That that's very Kira to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's been a while since I read the comics, but it kind of gives me Afro vibes with all her. Yes, vibes. I was gonna yeah. say that. That's a good one. <laughs> I was That's a good one. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And especially Afra like the beginning. Any of her girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> like literally, I couldn't think of what. Around and yeah. wrote this song together. Uh, for no, the record, actually... I'm fine with what's left and what's mine. That's very Afro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that song, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think a, of the one. That's a good one. Set. I don't know which. I don't know which like X it is particularly. I think it's like all of them. <laughs> I'm trying to. What's the? Uh, oh, I forget her name. Is it like something Tova? Like she was the Imperial. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I kind of get that one. Yeah. Or Sana. I, I think Sana yeah, I was, I was for sure. Yeah, I think Sana. She has the most like hatred. <laughs> okay, <least>. yeah. <laughs> From what I re- I haven't read, I actually haven't read all of the old Afra, like twenty whatever it was. I've read twenty twenty, but um, and also listened to the audio drama, which is amazing. 
but in the audio drama for sure Sana has beef with Afra, and Afra's like uh-huh. maybe I did wrong her hmm let's think about mm. this and then she's like nah <laughs> <And then Sana laughs> that's like, representation she's representation yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah I think Afra might be the best uh-huh. one for this actually uh <laughs> please I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Claire since she did have one that she shared with us. <laughs> hey, guys, hear me out. So we all know Axel Greylark, right? <laughs> um, I'm thinking specifically of the line that's like, please never give me a second chance because like, not to talk about cataclysm, but like that's literally the plot of that book is him being like, I don't deserve a second chance. I'm a terrible person in Gela being like, I agree, but also like we have a weird connection. Um, but yeah, the whole thing, like the like the like desperation of this song is very Axel Greylark to me. And once again, Billy Dunn, if he slayed, would be Axel Greylark. Billy Dunn, if he like actually like did better, you know. Billy Dunn, if he tried. Exactly, Billy Dunn. Like if after he got sober and everything on the first tour, he like didn't cheat on his wife again and like relapse in the show. Mm, yeah. Not to bring up Anakin Skywalker, but but I think you should say that. Yeah. I think you should. But please, I'm down on my knees. I have a family. Please, it's an awful disease, and it's getting me. Yes. Yeah. I yes. have a I have a twist on that. Ooh. So I'm thinking Jedi. I'm thinking like the family is like the Jedi Order. So it could be any Jedi Ooh. that's like struggling oh. with like dark side. It could well, be Elsa <laughs> or like or like wanting to have this life that they know that they probably can't or shouldn't mm. or whatever like the temptation of of walking that line and sometimes attachment can walk that line so it's like I have a family I've got the Jedi order but I'm like down right. on my knees for you so it could <laughs> could interpret it like an Anakin way but like just I mean, it could even be Obi-Wan and Satine. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. just any sort of Jedi that's like struggling with that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I said uh, Keeve Trennis. Ooh. Stop, I can't with that. Ooh. Okay, Keeve and Avar both in like the last arc of the Marvel run. Yup. That's, that's where I'm going with that. <laughs> um, I'm in, um, because we know that she, I love her so much. Being pretty dark for her. But I just want to know how she gets there. I just want to know how she gets there. Yeah. Because yeah. right now, because we're when we left her in the comics, it was Avar that was struggling with the exactly. dark side, and like, she was the one that was bringing her back. Avar on her shoulders right now, like it's so. Totally- it's like so the fact that we know that Keeve is the one that falls, not Avar, which. My thought is, my thought has always been that Avar falls and they don't talk about it. And like, she's not in the fall in the, in, that is my theory that I'm putting out on the internet. Why would you say? (laughs) Although I was famously the, like, the originator of the Avar Chris kills Skier and then Keeve leaves the Jedi Order theory, which didn't happen. I think Avar's turning. I would have I gotta, I just gotta be brave Wait, about that i just realized too zine when she learns that she's force sensitive 
Yeah. Two. Bye. Merge with the terrible merge every night. Like, truly. Is is Avar, like, would she be, is she like the light of the Jedi? Like, is she, okay. So it would make sense if she did. It would be like poetic if she did go to the dark. Also, okay, I literally think, not to talk about like High Republic theories, but every single day, I think about that line in Star Wars issue 20, where the one that Elzar talks to Luke Skywalker, and there's one panel where they're talking about like falling to the dark side, and he's like, yeah, that can happen sometimes, but it doesn't seem like he's talking about himself, and like who would be the person that would have the most impact on him if they turned to the dark side? Avar Chris. Avar Chris, exactly. It's all there, folks. Anyway, I'm calling. (laughs) Check back in a year from now. Check check back in a year from now, and I'm gonna be right. (laughs) I just want to say that. (laughs) Can I just? We'll remember. Yeah, Emily. Can I be invited back on the pod if I'm right? Absolutely, absolutely. Phase three, like the last, or like whenever that phase three book start to hit. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Next, we have the river. I think I said this was Hera. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, or like Hera and Kate. Like, if you follow me to the river, send your blues out to the sea. Will you stay with me forever? Will you chase me in my dreams? Like, and also the like, why do we stay on such a lonely, lonely road when like? they're not getting together but they're mm-hmm. like together so like why are they still choosing not to be the way that yeah, they like, really want to be why are they denying yeah. their feelings yeah um i just thought of one but it's so off brand for me so i don't think that i no you have to you have to say it now <laughs> why was i going to say um tech and fee from the back <laughs> Why were you about to say that? Wait a minute. Because I was thinking about the like the the like a view of this song in which it's like someone who whose life is about like fighting versus someone who like wants something more real than that. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Damn. I, yeah. I, I can see it. I, mean, I also yeah. see I also see Obi-Wan as a teen. See, yeah. and in that vein, if I you said had a Dalla, choice I couldn't make, and if I said any Dalla about this song, true, yeah, but you would be right. I raise I think you'd be you, right. I raise you, Sabe Dalla, um, because wait, 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 I'm throwing up in my mouth thinking about this. Wait, <laughs> no, 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 that's right. No, 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 no. However, this song is very, especially Sabe at Padme coded and it really I feel my chest closing <laughs> I love them so the much bridge, no you're so right the bridge here like if I follow I, again, you in the river your reflection is a promise you couldn't keep yeah so and like, also you're a whole thing like, there. we're on the same side but it's gonna be a lonely 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 road Ah! Giving, you know what we don't stand ek johnson however it is giving my hands are yours but please don't ever ask yeah. me for them again so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway 
<laughs> in that vein, Belcenta. I was just thinking oh, that. I was just so thinking true. that. Like we're all the, yep. Right there. Right there. It's just, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. These like oh, these these romances that where does it end? <laughs> when do we start? throw up <laughs> what if i die what if i died in this podcast what if, what if everyone passed away what happened to kessel run they all what died they all died they made themselves too sad um unexpected vibe for kessel run <laughs> uh lastly on aurora we have no words hmm Oh, I just had the weirdest thought. This was Jim Cassian for me. Okay. I, I oh, just brought Peck and Fee, so I don't think that <laughs> <laughs> No, it definitely is Jim and Cassian. If all I do yeah. is stare at you, don't take it the wrong way. Yeah. I don't know the words. I just don't know the words, baby, to tell you what I mean. Yep. Welcome yeah. home. I'm it's glad li- you came. It's literally just the elevator beach scene. I'm just looking yeah. at each other. <laughs> no words. So true. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's... It's all, um, all the time. Uh, do you guys have any for any of the other songs in the show i had a few okay go ahead go let's go let's off. go off uh no, i was listening it was always you i had for axel um <laughs> there is just <laughs> yes uh a song for you i had both monte because it was like i forget the exact lyrics but there was like something about like hiding or like if I just say these words to you and I was like oh that's very Monte it was also kind of Valcinta but (laughs) but I guess it works for uh the the Mothma cousins (laughs) I'm trying to find the 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 Mothmas all the Mothmas just are very sad a song I'm holding there on Spotify they're not um <laughs> no where are they why can't we have nice things i know okay dude is their lyrics like only aurora got lyrics and i'm like <laughs> please help no, me i was just really realizing it um we need our lyrics oh did i find it Give us the lyrics. Also, stumbled on Sublime. I uh, said was a Han Solo. Of course. Yes. Stumbled on Sublime. Entirely. Definitely. Until you're tangled up in your lines, I stumbled on Sublime. I personally was thinking about by myself and Asajj Ventress. For what? (laughs) For what song? By myself, it's very sad, but yeah. And then I had up to you for Jin. 
I should have like written down the lyrics that reminded me. I just thought that like they were going to be more available. <laughs> That's so fair. Okay. Look me in the eye, Han. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of did put the grease in the wheel. He <laughs> did. He put the dial in the tone. Put the dial in the tone. Dial in the tone. The man in the moon. <laughs> He's I like that song. Push. You know what? It they People needed Daisy. It slaps. <laughs> it does slap. So, oh, it's so funny. I was like, because what? they didn't perform the uh, Billy's version of uh, "Look at Us Now" ever. I'm like, damn. I like how the implication of that is the original version was just so bad <laughs> that they don't ever want it to see the light of day. My favorite is when he's like you made honeycomb better but he looks like he's being held at gunpoint it's like that's not it's not you're not saying anything we don't already know dude like yeah yeah that's literally why i was hired billy's inability <laughs> to even admit a little bit that <laughs> the other people so do bad. music well is so funny He's so I toxic. Really to see a band like interact with other contemporaries, like menace scenario. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I, I just um, I, I sorry sorry. Oh no. I was just gonna say that turn around and look me in the eye just seems like something Han would say to Leia. Turn yeah. around and say it to my face. <laughs> yeah. Hey, put your brooms, put down your broomstick, baby. <laughs> of course, it's this is so very Han coded. You know, yeah. I, so like, yeah. You yeah. know that like Han is the type of bitch that was like, well, I was a fan of the six. I saw like the six when they played like this gig in my hometown. And I've been a fan of them since they were the Dunn brothers. <laughs> since they played Susie Q. Q. Like, you know that. <laughs> like, that is him. <laughs> Yes. Not gatekeeper Han Solo. Not this. He's a he's a Dunn Brothers purist for sure. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Any final thoughts on songs? Daisy Jones and the Six. <laughs> it, it was good. Good. It was TV good. Show. <laughs> yeah. So true. I love how. Once again, forever and always, Eddie, Eddie Roundtree, you will always be validated. <laughs> always be That's validated your in your opinions on Billy Dunn. <laughs> um, with that, we'll get into Castle Run uh, Book Club. So what have y'all been reading? I think we know what Claire's been reading. <laughs> yeah. But Claire. <laughs> yeah, I just, I finished it today. And by, I mean, I read like, a few pages when I first got it on Tuesday but I was like having classes and stuff so I didn't have a lot of time so like yesterday and today was just like I was reading the entire day and I was texting um Mel and Ollie the entire time because they were they're always like send us your thoughts so I was like you don't know what you're getting yourselves into um and I was like losing my mind um but it was very good I recommend it and I think, I think I'm going to request for Planet X next because I just got it. But I also still have to read Battle Scars. 
um because I'm really fake and I haven't read it yet but I think <laughs> I'm gonna do Quest for Planet X next just because it's short um or shorter and then I can do Battle Scars hopefully I'm holding my I'm putting it out there so that when I inevitably don't do it people will be like hey remember when you said you were gonna read Battle Scars <laughs> it's an easy read like, like it, it's a, it was to me, way it was, shorter than I thought yeah, it was gonna be like I ate it up in like a day so okay, yeah. to me it That's flowed cool. really fast nice. so I think yeah um anyone can go next well I, I I just I finished Battle Scars recently so I'm kind of in limbo between books um I just downloaded like a ton of Star Wars books that I haven't read yet and most of them are higher public books um Yay. and I've been kind of <laughs> I'm not really into I haven't delve deep into it like I know surface level things um I'd got what is it what is it called uh I'm looking at it right now it's the first book in phase two I think it's the first book path of deceit uh, path yes of yes so I'd started reading that I might pick that up again just because I know that that's like chronologically mm-hmm. the like first I guess yeah. mm-hmm. Um, yeah you definitely need that for so i i will i'm gonna probably just pick that back up and finish it and then find the master list of like how i should be reading these in order and just go down the line um so i guess i guess i'm reading path of deceit (laughs) (laughs) uh morgan are we talking just star wars are we talking whatever we're reading whatever i it's uh, I usually talk about books I'm reading that are not Star Wars and sometimes okay. I do too, but yeah, whatever. Okay. Sick. Cause I gotta be honest, I have, I have been, sorry to Convergence girlies. I have been trying to read this book since it came out. <laughs> I have been checking it out from the library and then returning it for months now. I swear I will read it at some point. Um, so the Star Wars books have not been gripping me recently. I am, however, constantly, constantly consuming literature. And I'm uh, reading, it's actually for class, I'm reading this cool book called The Gathering by Anne Enright. And it's uh, very, very dark. Um, kind of. It's, it feels like it could probably be darker, but it's about this like family gathering in, in a funeral for one of the sons. And it's about um motherhood and generational trauma and our um and all of those other stuff and that's really all I can tell you about it because I'm only like 40 pages in but it's very very fun um and then I'm also constantly reading X-Men comics and here's where Morgan tells you about X-Men comics because I'm currently (laughs) reading through uh what was known as the Inferno saga which is uh, a bunch of books that was like a company-wide event um, in the 80s <laughs> that um, happened when Madeline, Madeline Pryor, who uh, is a real person and also a clone of Jean Grey, um, became, was, found out that she was a clone and had a little bit of a breakdown, which is fair because you, who wouldn't find out they're a clone? And so she becomes the Goblin Queen and takes over New York <laughs> and does some real fucked up shit because by becoming the goblin queen and it is also in that moment that it is she finds out that like because at that point she thinks that her husband cyclops scott summers is dead and then she finds out that like why the x and then scott thinks that she's dead 
because they think that the X-Men is dead and Maddie was with the X-Men. And it's a whole thing. It's a beautiful, wonderful event. It's like the peak of Chris Claremont's time with as the uh, time writing the X-Men. It's like, I think it's the best thing he wrote. And it's very good. And I wouldn't recommend jumping into it blind if you don't know anything about the X-Men, but it's it's a grand old time. I am following you mostly. I know the words you're speaking. I understand what you're saying to a point, but I've not read it. It's very good. I I believe you. I, I used to read the X-Men comics and, and all the adjacent comics, um, but it's been quite a few years. I used to have like a whole collection of them on my computer. I had like an insane library so I got you we were we were in the dark days for a while and now they're back and now they're so good now they're so I, good I believe you if there's a time to get back into them it's right now I just gotta okay. I just gotta sorry okay <laughs> yeah I'm I'm glad that we had like our weekly fill of comics like in haste absence Morgan really stepped up and yeah. we're like, let, let, let me tell you about some comics it feels very very natural like we didn't talk about any Listen, in the last episode and it felt weird I've been trying I've been trying to get Hay to read Mad Fraction and David Aha's Hawkeye run for as long as I've known them which is many years and I will not <laughs> she will not read those comics is that the is that the one where he has a dog and he's yes. like oh I love that one. It's like the one that the Hawkeye series is kind of based on, right? So good. Uh, supposedly, but that was never really gonna work because Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's a very different character in, in the comics and from the MCU. Um, but yeah, they like took a lot of visual info information from that. And it's also yeah, it's, it's like, like that's the like the best comic. Poster. Yeah, that's like the best comic maybe ever written in my opinion so my sister also loves that one she's Mad a she's huge cage bishop fan this is because me and your sister i fear are the same person <laughs> it was really funny mj dm'd me and was like is morgan your sister <laughs> i talked about my sister and i just and like her interest and i was like no but like they are really similar but like no <laughs> no I was like, and Morgan is a white girl from Colorado, so like that adds to it too. <laughs> um, Ari, what are you reading? Uh, um, I'm in limbo too. I just finished a book that took me like 18 years to finish. Um, it was called The Apollo Murders, and I had high, well, just had sort of high hopes for it. It was basically it's like an alternate timeline of like the cold war where Ooh. nasa went back to the moon and but there was like all this drama because like the guy that was supposed to go on the mission got in a helicopter accident and like you knew that this other guy who ended up going like is the one who like made that happen and then, then there was like this whole thing with like russia that i was like i don't know if this is like sus the way it's being written anyway all that to say it was very long very technical because it was so the reason I picked it up I should say why I read this because it's very off-brand for me I'm normally like a fantasy or like sci-fi that isn't hyper-realistic or historical fiction about women like those are my main things so this was very off-brand however it was written by Chris Hadfield who's like a Canadian space icon um so I was like I'll make an exception read a book written by a man for this <laughs> But it wasn't that good. Like, I mean, I'm sure it was good, but people were like, 
yeah which is very technical because obviously this man's like lived in space so he knew what he was writing about but it was just like it could have been 200 pages shorter I feel anyway if you're really into technical space sci-fi would recommend if you're not I I am sorry Chris I'm gonna have to say it was a no for me dog <laughs> however I'm very excited for my upcoming reads because I just finished school so now I have time and I've been really wanting to reread the Six of Crows duology and King of Scars mm -hmm. and also the Hunger Games and annotate the shit out of all of those books because I love all of them but I haven't started rereading them because I've been so busy with school and I was like I need to give these my undivided attention but I have like three weeks between now and when I start work that I can do that so I think I'm going to start 60 crows tonight and then just go through yeah. I'm I'm very excited and I need this YA fantasy and like dystopia after this like what honestly kind of felt like one of my old physics textbooks that I just read <laughs> oh. so yeah I'm very I'm very excited I also have a lot of Star Wars comics to catch up on oh my god I went to the comic store yesterday I felt like I felt like hey and live with the amount of comics <laughs> I came out with I was like he's like $60 please I'm like oh god but it was, like, <laughs> it was like six weeks worth of comics they pulled for me so it actually isn't that many it was just a lot in one go so I have a lot a lot of catching up to do but I'm very excited so that's what I'm reading more a lot of fun stuff um I was reading this but I'm still making my way through uh the battle of Jeddah uh so I can get to cataclysm uh it's literally the only reason why I'm reading it it's good ish though um I like Creighton a lot um and uh okay I'm scared about that <laughs> no that um, look, that look was mean, not good but like I also Creighton and Ada like those are my best friends those yeah, are my best I, friends. I love Creighton and Ada. So that's really like- Cataclysm was through. such a good book for them too. Like they finally got to have their like oh, yes. besties era okay. that they needed. That's good. Um, But like, I just can't help but like reading it. I was like, I wish this was just like a book. Like I, I wish it was it, just a book like, instead of an audio drama and like a, a script, even though it's making it fast to read. <laughs> battling and I'm like, I don't know what's going on because I just hear fighting noises. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even listening to it. I'm just reading it. <laughs> so like a lot of it too is like, I don't know. Like I always like, I'm like, oh, is that maybe part of it? It's like, I'm not reading it, but I don't really love, um, I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks, And then if I do, it's mainly like, cause I need them to like, help me like focus. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But so like, it's, it's fine. Uh, once again, Creighton is really, and Ada really getting me through it. Um, but there's a lot of other plot stuff where I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> once no, again, I, I heard that. like, I just feel like phase you had to for Cataclysm. Really got, like what the audio drama should be with Tempest Runner. And it's partially because like Kevin Scott writes women better than like most women write women somehow. <laughs> um, and all, and, but like, it just worked so well. Cause it was such a like, like Battle of Jeddah is such a wide scope story that should have been a novel or even like has the vibe of like an opener of a phase whereas Tempest Runner was like literally just about Lorna D and it's the same way with like Dooku Jedi Lost where it's like mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's just about Dooku whereas with Battle of Jeddah I was like this either should have been a novel or should have been like narrowed down because 
like yeah like battle aspect of it didn't really work for me and like I heard it was like people like oh it's essential and I was like I just don't know how I feel about making something that is going to be a big part of the phase an audio drama versus like just making it yeah. like the so second book in to, the adult trilogy also like do I need to read it slash no okay no here's the thing is that like the entire plot of that audio drama gets summed up on like the first page of Cataclysm and like you like slay so you don't necessarily get all the like details but like you also too far in. need to know them like, you, like oh, you're all so you close. need to know is that the the like peace signing failed which like I could have guessed based on the fact <laughs> that there's a there's a book called Cataclysm and a book called Battle of Cataclysm. And then another book called Path of Vengeance. Yeah, like I didn't need a whole audio drama to tell me that this didn't work out in the yeah. way that hoped. Also, because like we know that the event that will eventually bring the planets together, we've already seen happen. That happens in phase one. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. know the forever war continues to go on for the next like 150 years. So yeah. And I at least another thing like I at least like about it is it is cool to just see Jetta and learn more about Jetta, like as a fan of Rogue One. Um, so it's like really cool. Like whenever the Guardians of the Wills come up, I get like excited and I think it's cool to see like all the different sects um and to see like how Jetta kind of has the same vibes that it has it as in Rogue One but it's also like really different so that's cool from like that perspective but yeah at least my whole thing with this is like it it goes fast just because like of like you know the way it's formatted I can just really uh move through it so yeah I'm hoping to finish this possibly tonight or this uh weekend so I can start Cataclysm uh, finally so good like I I need I need I need Gala back. I need. I need. Oh my god! Back. I need Syrian Pontu back. Somebody also, tell you? my library to buy Cataclysm because I cannot be you paying tell them. prices. I did actually. Well, I put like, it on like, I'm now like a Kion Greylark like stan because she did not have to slay as hard as she did <laughs> in Cataclysm. Like I, she's the real mother when you think about it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> she has no choice but to stand oh, literally <laughs> also the mother pisses me off so badly whenever she's on the page but especially something about the battle with Jenna she's pissing me off so fucking much so is Marta I'm sorry Marta yeah okay Ma- the thing as yeah. a character I love Marta so much however I know that if I like interacted with her as a person I would like physically fight her like with, yes. with me in altercation with that thank you all so much for coming on this was I don't so fun and I'm glad we got to do this as like a little like we're not at celebration but we still get to like talk and have fun yeah yeah this was so So, much needed after today it was a roller coaster of emotions it was so hard to not be upset but also be Mm -hmm. so excited at the same time so difficult at first I felt like so personally attacked I was like what do you mean Kyle Soller was actually there and Ray got brought back and I wasn't there felt so (laughs) um 
but thank you guys make sure that you follow all of these wonderful people across our social medias make sure that you listen to stardust records lynn's podcast uh with bestie savvy and claire's podcast fulcrum transmissions with bestie sage um and uh two of my favorite star wars podcasts for real um and with that thank you guys so much for listening uh make sure to submit questions to us on our uh through our email or on twitter we love answering questions so much we had two last week and it was so fun um and thank you so much again for listening and may the force be with you